0: I'm Alex, and I'm Adam,
1: and this is Bropium for the Masses. Welcome to Bropium for the Masses. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, welcome everybody to Bropium for the Masses. My name's Alex, and this is my sexy co-host, Adam. See, weird thing you. to say about your brother, but yeah,
0: that's fine. I mean, she weird thing to say about your brother. Uh, can I yeah, can only do man I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, oh, I'm trying to think of how to voice it. Yes, it's like you have to say one word to start yourself talking like that. Do you know what I mean? It, it's for me. It's yeah. like swear to me. Like it's swear not, to me.
0: <laughs> swear to me.
1: Yeah, it <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that TikTok of that kid who, who sneaks up on his mom and like chokes her? Oh, no. it, oh man. Oh, it's I don't even want to ruin it for you, but I'm going to. Um, it's like this mother, and she's like, like the, there's a camera like in her face, and you see he's in the background in like a Batman suit. <laughs> and she's like, uh, she's like, Timmy, what what do you want on your sandwich? And and then he comes up and he just like grabs her from behind and chokes her, and he's like, I don't know, he says something like injustice and he takes her away. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> it makes no sense, but it's so uh, it's very good, yeah uh or bat dad that's uh, another great one man if you haven't Bat dad's yeah, great Bat yeah, dad's really bat good dad. yeah i like that guy yeah there's also another guy who tucks his lip up under the batman mask and he has like this like buck tooth oh, kind kyle. of thing like the, the kyle yeah. front teeth <laughs> and it's just literally him doing uh it's that what's that song Something in the way, you know that song that's been on. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's it. It's like the one that.
1: from The Watchmen. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I, I don't know why I can't remember who sings it right now, but anyway, it's that, and it's with him, just like staring into the camera with his buck teeth and like doing stupid, <laughs> not ninja moves. It's actually it's pretty good. Yeah. Wait, I isn't that it. the Smashing Pumpkins? Isn't that it,
0: that? It's kind of um, it's kind of got
1: like a sad Smashing Pumpkins it, vibe to it. It has a '90s, like goth kill yourself vibe to it yeah i just can't yeah i mean I alex it'll come to me later despite all despite all my rage i'm still just
0: a rat in a cage so that's I've true been, you that's know? totally
1: yeah. wow you're did you
0: is that it, accidental rhyme who wrote you know that? is that someone will say what is lost uh can never be saved but uh <laughs> alex but still despite that- all my rage
1: <laughs> is that james
0: choice <laughs> <laughs> thank you <Yeah>. oh man <laughs> Just to- talking '90s alt rock lyrics.
1: <laughs> they are awkward to say. They are
0: very awkward without, to say. Yeah.
1: Okay. Without without
0: me, Alex. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Superman's dead.
1: <laughs> Honestly, d- don't even shit on that man. <laughs> that, that was a good song back in the day. Oh, it's... Ra- Rain. Rain had some range. Oh, I
0: totally, the, I'm the, totally. I'm I'm the of, I'm all about the Rain Man. for his name alone.
1: His name was Rain. Is Rain. Rain made a <laughs> Rain Maida what? Uh we're watching Yellow Jackets, my wife and I. I don't know if you've heard of this series. Um Kids Lost in an Ontario Forest. Correct. So so they don't actually tell you it's an Ontario Forest in in the show yet, as far as i s I've seen it, but I, I know that, that this is the this is the trope that it's an Ontario Forest anyway. I like the show. I don't know if I like the show that much, or I just love the 90s soundtrack that is in the show. Yeah, and it's so much good time. 90s music that I found myself, yeah. like, you know, sound hounding or um, what do the kids so use a, to decide? You're a sound hounder? Wow. Yeah, I sound hound, yeah. You I don't Shazam or even yeah. Google Listen? Like I didn't even know that's a thing. Is that an app, Google
0: Listen? Google, Google Listen is like you just listen. You click, like, Google Listen or whatever the hell it is.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I've been using yeah. SoundHound for like, I don't know, 10 years and it's always worked. Yeah, I know.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, Don't hey, judge me.
1: Keep, there are like a few, I bet you also like SoundCloud,
0: your favorite podcast, don't you? You know, you're one of those people.
1: I'm actually not even aware of what SoundCloud is. But <laughs> okay. You know, okay, here's the thing. Deeper if I cut, SoundHound something, cut. it auto-downloads it in Apple Music for me. And oh, okay. And I just okay. don't think about it. And so, you know, it's not, what was that song I listened to the other day? Oh, it's already there. So anyway. when you're in, in, when you're riding in Lyfts, like, are you just so happy that you're not in an Uber? Cause you're kind of like counterculture
0: <laughs> to the a ride look.
1: sharing program. I, I'm going to be honest. I have Lyft on my, like uh, on my smartphone and all of the times I've tried to use Lyft. It's like, no one's available. Even when Lyft mm-hmm. is available in the place I'm in, it's always Uber. So I don't even know what the market share of Lyft is, but. I don't I don't know probably what's going on. Probably less than less than 10% probably. Okay, in so most, yeah, cuz I've never markets taken it. Now, I think I was in, was I in Georgia or Texas or I might have been in Arizona and they only used Lyft wherever I was. That was it. You couldn't even get mm-hmm. it, where it They just didn't have it. So, it was like that one time, but again, then they had 100% of the market share or something. So, it was a bit it was a bit weird. Anyway, oh, we're digressing here. Um what are we drinking?
0: Well, Alex, um, I just realized I poured myself a glass of scotch and I originally it was for a little celebration, you know, kicking. I'm kicking it, you know, cool and of the ass variety at at my profession. So that was a a weird way of saying it. So clearly I shouldn't be drinking that. Yes. Like a B-O-W. SS, like a <laughs> um But also, I'd like to do a little... I'd like to pour one out. Alex right another homie who's gone down. <sighs> yeah. Mr. Lightfoot. is uh, He's finally yeah. succumbed sad. to um, Lake Superior himself, uh, really. He's, he's facing his own wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. So, pour one
1: out for Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, Canadian icon. Gordon Canadian icon. Cheers to him. Cheers to him. Did I tell you that I have... Uh, Gordon Lightfoot's autograph. Did I tell you a story. Um,
0: I remember you showing me that tattoo on your left ass cheek, but I didn't know it was Gordon Lightfoot's signature. I thought you would just well. That's a the copy scribbles. of his signature
1: that I put on gotcha. my butt cheek. Yeah, gotcha. But I have the original, which uh, this is kind of a roundabout way that I got it. But uh, I don't want to say too much here; I'll get somebody in trouble. But he had some work done <laughs> at his oh. home, and oh, okay. he had to sign a PO.
0: Oh okay. to, uh, <laughs> to
1: authorize uh, I'm the so, I'm
0: the sorry. work yeah. autograph is <laughs> doing a lot of the heavy lifting on
1: yeah. autograph. <laughs> okay, hold on. Are you gonna are you gonna make the case that that's that wasn't his signature and therefore not his autograph?
0: I mean, it is definitely his his it's his proverbial John Hancock. I will give you that. Okay. You yeah. So did you I mean, did you get the pink slip or did you get the white slip of that sheet? <laughs> did you get the yellow copy? Uh, the pink, I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! So, Don't oh yeah, trust your, your accountants, people. Your accountants—they're going to look at your receipts and they say, "Where's the signature on this
1: invoice?" You're going to be like, "I can't give it to you." I'm
0: sorry, here's a, here's a photocopy.
1: Look, uh, I like anyone who has something that's not that valuable wishes it was. I'm going to deny that. This, this this is invaluable. I have yeah. I have contact with a great, like a Canadian legend. So yes. I know you want to take that away from me. That's what all takers want to do. Adam. I won't, but Alex. I won't. Not, I won't let because you. Because if anyone asks, if anyone asks, you'd
0: be full plausible deniability. You're like, it yeah, could exactly. very well be an imposter. I found this on the ground. It just kind of <laughs> looks like Gordon yeah. Lightfoot's autograph.
1: It just happened to be I drew, his exact I drew the
0: address. heart. <laughs> Love you, Alex, on it. That's that's my writing. You the I does
1: it. have a heart above it now that you mention it, so that yes. is a little suspect, but yeah. I'm gonna go with it. Who you the guy what? seemed like a very it. loving dude. You don't know that he doesn't sign yeah, his dude. eyes with hearts. You know.
0: So. Serious. Light light foot, light, light touch on the pen. Ew, lighthearted. <laughs> you know?
1: You know? <sighs> okay, what are we talking about today? Well,
0: I want what are you drinking? I'm just, I'm going Scotch. What are you? What's yeah. Remember we were talking about That's
1: wine was, that was given to you? I'm yes. drinking <laughs> I'm drinking wine that was given to us. Okay. Mine was good. Was yours, was yours, is yours good? Uh, I'm not going to say it's bad. I, I, just in case the person who gave it to us is listening to the podcast. I'm just, you know, it's, it's a wine. I, I yeah. opened it to braise some lamb shanks and. Ooh. <laughs> so I was using it as a cooking wine. You were cooking after. with it? Nice. But. But now I don't have anything else to cook with it. Uh, so mm. I'm just going to, I'll just drink a little bit of it. It's fine. Did you drink yeah. some
0: of the wine while you were eating the lamb shanks? Of,
1: of course I did.
0: You Yes, of course. Yeah. What,
1: what, are you crazy? Of course I did. Yeah.
0: Well, just to make yeah. sure, well, then you're, you've, the, the wine has served its dual purpose. That's right. As both, as both some sort of, you know, braising marinade for the lamb shank as well and as. And numbing
1: my existential pain. Yes, both of those two purposes I, alex some scream into the void i scream into the glass that's that's <laughs> uh <laughs> it has a funny echo yeah is it what's that is it nietzsche <laughs> yeah it's like when you when you look into the void the void looks back into you but what if you just look into the like, red wine Is it what yeah. does it do i don't know yeah that was either, does
0: it see that was either le- neat ni- that was either nietzsche or um uh sure what's his nietzsche. name famous porn director from the 70s uh, <laughs> they both great philosophers, great both men of great the time. philosopher. When you stare yeah. into the
1: void, kid, yeah. it stares back. <laughs> oh man! Oh god! Okay, all right. So I'm drinking Let's this uh, bread and butter 2020 Merlot. I'll admit it. Oh nice! Yeah, that's it's not bad. I'm easy. not a Merlot drinker, but again, I opened it. uh I'm drinking it. Hey.
0: I mean, Sideways almost killed Merlot. I'm glad Merlot's making a comeback.
1: Yeah, I feel like Merlot gets a bad rap because it's not a Gab and it's not a melback. It's just another red wine.
0: Paul Giamatti single-handedly decimated an entire grape varietal. Way to go, Very. Paul Giamatti.
1: I really liked him in that movie Barney's version. I thought he did an excellent job of playing canadian tv producer that i or i don't even know what he did it doesn't matter he was good
0: phenomenal actor, great in many things do you want to do it we can do it let's do it where do you want to start on the i think we
1: well i first like i have to take a huge steamer on steven crowder
0: Oh, I was, I was, I, was, I thought you meant literal, but you
1: mean figurative. Gotcha. Uh, fi- I figured of, a figurative dump on uh, uh, Steven Crowder. I don't know yeah, how know. many people know Steven Crowder. The less, the better is what I, I mm-hmm. would say. But uh, for people who don't know Steven Crowder, he's a Canadian podcast host who's gained a lot of traction in the US with the, the popular uh, Change My Mind. You've probably seen memes of this online. Um, it'll be like, there's two genders, Change My Mind. The joke of it is that Stephen never wants his mind changed; he just wants to troll people who try. Um, and he he's actually uh, quite quite a bad um, argu- arguer, debater. He's quite a bad deb- debater. He's he uses ad hominem quite a bit. He uses the reductio ad absurdum arguments he uh lacks he's a, context he's a king of what king of whataboutism too that, he's, he's a total like... whataboutism oh or he's, he is the king of whataboutism he's a total whatabouter if you will so anyway he uh unsurprisingly uh again if you know him you already know this he's not for the trans people he doesn't like anything having to do with trans he's quite critical of everything having to do with you know again the 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 fake or in his his it, it wouldn't be fake to him the woke mind virus he's a pr- progenitor or purveyor of all <clears throat> things you know pertaining to criticism of the left that are specious at best so anyway the the reason why I, I wanted to bring him up was because i thought uh you know sadly he's getting a divorce i think from his wife i don't really no. care about this but it seems as though, um, not, "Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned." She is. She's just revealed that Stephen had some elective surgery on his chest. What do you think he had, Adam? No way. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: There's the one I want to say, but then there's the one I can guess. Can I say the one I want to say? Do it. He had a nipple reduction, didn't he? Oh, I'd love it if he did. That's unfortunately. imagine he's so vain he's like i have weird or like dagger nipples he's got weird daggers that are like three inches sticking out of his
1: chest well in any event even if that were true what you would be describing would be something like steven crowder does not like a part of his body and he turned to a, a plastic surgeon or a surgeon to help him feel as though he could embody himself better that you know than he was feeling he, he wanted to be really? more steven crowder more manly. it was almost as though some sort of dysmorphia of his he, own yes, body yes was you know what that's a bodily good, that's a and very
0: good, good just like it. oh yeah, yeah. i don't feel comfortable in my own skin so i need to like change the exterior to match how the
1: interior uh, perceives that's exactly wow what a f- You're- fascinating idea what a novel, kind of idea. What a novel oh, idea so you
2: know
1: what? good <laughs> for him had, <laughs> he had peck <laughs> implants he came oh. up with some ridiculous ridiculous thing like i think he was pigeon chested to be honest with you and uh, look as a man who's not pigeon chested and having seen other guys who are pigeon chested i can understand how that would be um you know that that's something that it's not prototypically seen as manly right you either have you have this indent in your chest or dent that you know your your pecs don't um i I don't think they seat well on your sternum in a way that's that makes sense so yeah is it something visually kind of strange yes it it totally is are you gonna ever look like you know chris pratt with his shirt off and guardians no you're not you're not gonna look like that um so does it require surgical intervention probably um or you could just live your life and just disregard all the stereotypes about what your chest would look like. Not Steven Crowder though. Steven Crowder is going to get pet implants. So, Mm -hmm. and I guess his wife is not happy with the divorce and what's going on and has said, you know, I guess outed this idea that he had this elective surgery done in his chest. He made up some total BS heart. He had some heart thing, which he was ill defined. If you're going to lie about having a heart condition, you should at least do any any background information. I mean, you should get anything from the internet, right? If you have a hole in your heart, if you have a valve issue, if you ha- had um, some type of stenosis, right? You you should you should say any of that. If you if he said the word stenosis, I wouldn't have even given this a second thought. However, he made up some bullshit thing where he's like, I have 50% heart capacity. It's like, no, I, I'm looking at you. I'm sorry, you what? Have, yeah, you know... I, I look. I can tell you. I've seen people who've either had heart transplants or are operating at fifty percent capacity. They are very sick individuals, right? Like they are they're on like they, oxygen and they're on oxygen. They can't nose breathe. Blood. They yeah. have they have edema everywhere because their body's having trouble moving blood around. Like these people are very sick. So the idea that he had this quote, heart malfunction that he needed surgery for. And people were like, sort of like, oh, my God, Stephen, we're sort of, you know, you know worried for you. Yeah, it turns out that was a total lie. Imagine that Stephen Crowder, conservative podcast host lying. I know for many of you out there, your hearts are breaking, but imagine this. And then he not only lied about it, but then he gets these pec implants, which again, speaks to your, you know, you, 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 you you dissected this masterfully, but the body dysmorphia yet here he is on the daily talking about how there's only two genders and trans affirming care should be, should be outlawed, how kids shouldn't be able to transition. Like it's, it's so on the nose and so hypocritical. I actually should have seen this coming. Right. And we do, we often do this with things like we talk about priests or Congress people, or we usually go, oh, criticism. Yeah, yeah.
0: Every criticism (laughs) is an
1: admission.
0: (laughs) It is. It's exactly what it is.
1: You saying that to me back on this podcast, you're like, ah, you should have known. And I should have. Totally should have. So I, I do think that, again, if you're listening to Steven Crowder, I just think you should think about the hypocrisy that this guy has. He also fashions himself as some type of proletariat or man of the people when... You know, the Daily Wire offered him like fifty million dollars to to be on their media channel. He's not Wait, even just, a good fuck off. Not man. even a good plebeian. He's the he, he's, he's the bourgeois. <laughs> he's totally bougie. And for him to make the claim that like he's somehow, you know, disheartened and and uh, and downtrodden by the big corporate media types, it's like, dude, what are you selling? Like uh, anyway, we. I'm not going to say more about it. I just wanted to point out the rank hypocrisy of yet another conservative. And I'm sure somebody could point out a liberal hypocrisy here in my face. That's totally fine. I'll I'll listen to it. I just, uh, on the Stephen Crowder issue, I thought I had to, I had to give a little, t- I, I'm muckraking a little bit here, but I don't care. I really don't. It is Honestly, like
0: fundamentally, this is such like a, like a, like a very strange thing to discuss because I have never like had the experience of looking at my body and being like, other than like, Oh, you got six pack abs. You just, or you got washboard <laughs> abs. You just got a few, uh, you got a few months of laundry on them. Right. It's just, you know, the washboard is <laughs> just a little full. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, but also like, I've never had that experience of like, Oh, if like only this little tweak here, a little tweak there. Yeah. But I've also never had the experience where it's like, I'm like, I'm feeling gross in my skin. So, the best thing I can offer uh, Stephen Crowder now is that in, like the same inclusive understanding that he has never given a single person on his life. That's right. Stevie, hey man, sometimes you just don't like something about yourself enough that you need to change it so you feel comfortable in your own skin. May your pec implants not decay naturally underneath <laughs> your thick man meat chest now. And you know what for pigeon chested <laughs> dudes <laughs> out there? I'm pretty sure Pablo Schreiber had a had a pigeon chest issue, got an operation, worked worked out great for him. Now he's ripped all the time and he's got you know big aspects. So it happens, guys. You know, sometimes he, he needed it, Pablo needed it for his job. He wanted to be a smoke show, you know, ripped dude on such shows as American Gods and Halo oh, ri- the Obama. Abomination of uh, of a, of a ha- oh, Halo adaptation, but yeah, that's Pablo oh, Schreiber. Fine. Who
1: who is Pablo? Is he is he Master Chief? He's leave leave. He's yeah, he's Master Chief. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's leave Schreiber's uh, yeah. brother. Okay, okay Schreiber's that's right. half brother. brother. Yeah. Oh, half brother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's written, He is pretty wrecked in that show.
0: You got wrecked, yeah. but I, th- I believe he yeah. had like a chest problem. He had like a chest uh, surgery because I think he might have oh, been, okay. been chested. And he's just like, for my job, I got to be like, I'm going Jack. <laughs> And then he kept noticing. He's just like, I got these weird... He's like, my pecs don't sexily line up in the middle. And they're like, oh, yeah, you have like a problem with your sternum. He's just like,
1: all right, what do That's I do? Weird. They're like, surgery. Yeah. Have I already told you how much I disliked uh, that Halo? I that Alex, unpro-
0: I, I didn't need to know that. I think the general Halo playing community knows that that was a horrible adaptation. A... I hear he takes his helmet off in the first episode.
1: Oh, oh my God. Yes. It's like, take the thing that is one of the largest mysteries in the Halo universe. But you know, what's funny is that I don't actually want it to be revealed. I don't want to see John Spartan's face. The idea that I, I, I don't want to speak for the creators of Halo, but the idea that underneath that mask, it could be me. That's the whole point. The whole point is to envision yourself as the ultimate good, right? The monster who has control over himself in a way that that can do maximal good across the universe. Like the idea is that you are John Spartan. And if that idea has not come to anybody, right? You know, up until this moment, like that that's the thats the basis of the Halo series, right? The fact that he took his helmet off, I've worked major spoiler alert here, in like this first or second episode, I was like, I honestly was like, I think I said "what the fuck" out loud to myself, and I was like, "How? How could you betray us like this?" The people who right, made this rightful nerd rage, man. Right. Sometimes nerd also rage also makes is just no sense. Like, like, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is what bothers me about the Mandalorian as well. Okay, stop taking off your helmets and carrying your helmets around. Wear your helmet. You're constantly carrying it and then doing other things, and having this helmet in your hand. Don't stop taking your helmet off. I don't understand why people remove their freaking helmets. Like you're in battle. Stop taking it off. What okay, about eating? Alex? Eat. But you're not doing anything, but eating at that time. So that's a totally appropriate time to take off mm-hmm. your helmet. Unless you're a Mandalorian and you're not even supposed to take your helmet off. Even to eat, you're supposed to go alone where no one can see you and eat quickly and come back. So just
0: this, this, this is, whole, this is room, the way,
1: this is the way, um, I just watched the end the final uh, episode of the Mandalorian. And I will say, I'm excited. I'm excited for what's next. I'm I excited, that, um, but also
0: I, I, I that's like a, a honestly, that. that episode
1: sorry. played like it's
0: fine. It played like a series finale. And I was like, that was a great series finale. It, and they're like, there's yeah, another I, season. Oh, there is. Oh, I thought that was the series finale. Okay, well, I'm in the dark no. Here, I'm pretty sure there's another season. And I was like, that's a sweet series finale. And then it's like, nope, that's just the last the episode of the back. season. Interesting. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, because it played like it played perfectly, like yeah, I'm like this is a great season finale or series finale. But nope, I think Disney's gonna get one more out of them. Interesting.
1: Okay. Well, you know what? <sighs> can't be bad. I mean, people love that show. But anyway, I don't know how we diverted onto the Mandalorian here from Nerd Secret Nerd horror. Rage. That's just it. Nerd Rage. <clears <clears throat> throat> um, what else is it? So I feel like we I beat that up. I just want to get that out. The other thing I wanted to briefly touch on was um, today, as we're recording this, uh, it's Monday. May the 8th. May may the 8th be with you. May the 8th be with you. No. Um, The Conservative government in Ontario has just passed our very first uh, privatization law, Bill 60, which will allow uh, private surgery clinics to begin opening up in Ontario. And... I feel like I've been the canary in the coal mine in so many like so many ways on this podcast for people who are in like non medicine, and I I think I'm going to do it again to say I I don't agree with this. I think that this is actually a recipe for disaster. I think we've been talking about the public system how it's going to lose qualified people to the private system. Um, now I, I I'm futurescaping here, so I don't want to say too much about it, but I will say that this is a dark day for Ontario. I think that the other provinces who have tried this, Quebec and BC being two of the larger ones, they they're they're backtracking on this. They found it's totally ruined their systems in some way, shape, or form. And they are now coming back to more investments in public care. So I think this is uh this is probably one of the worst policies among a string of very bad policies that the conservative government have wrought on the people of Ontario, having only forty percent of the entire province's support. Somehow they're making all the laws. It doesn't make any sense. Well, blame we've, Trudeau for this before. Yeah, yeah, but basically the
0: the uh, one more turd in the outhouse. Alex is still just a pile of shit. Unfortunately, it's a bigger pile of shit than before. But just one more turd. Just one more yeah. turd of a policy. So we we'll to so see how this works
1: out, it. and I'm sure we're gonna have more I to wanna, say on it.
0: want to ask you, though, I want to yeah. ask you, how do you contend with the counter argument? one private surgery like filled is one extra bed in the hospital
1: that is um i'm not sure, even sure how you make that leap
0: mhm cuz it's like could, oh
1: you you didn't
0: you didn't have to go to the hospital to get your surgery done so you went to a private clinic and look you've uh, opened up a
1: hospital bed cuz that's the argument okay. that they're going to pitch Yeah, but you're, that would be making, okay, so, okay, uh, let's just, we'll do a little five-minute breakdown here, okay? That means that the surgery someone was waiting for, for some reason, in your example, they're waiting in the hospital for someone for their surgery. I don't know why they'd be waiting there, but let's assume that they are in the hospital waiting. If they're in the hospital waiting, they must need an urgent surgery, in which case they wouldn't actually be waiting at all. So, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if they had a serious of of surgery that where they needed respite, like say you were 80 years old and had a hip surgery. Yeah. You're going to need to be in a hospital for some number of days because you may mm-hmm. not be able to walk and you have special care needs, right? Private clinics don't provide those special care needs. Number one, two, they don't do, uh, surgeries on people who are in their eighties because it's way too high risk. They want people say, in their 50s that need a hip replacement, right, from some degenerative disorder or um, it could be something that's genetic. They want you in and out of there in a day. They don't want to be sit paying people to pay care for you. That's not the way private surgery clinics are. So to say that they're going to save a bed in a hospital, I'm not exactly seeing how, that's, how those things line up. But you would have to work in healthcare to know that. And to your point, these people don't, and they probably will use that argument
0: so that here's the thing you we are going to be constantly hampered by domain expertise of the healthcare industry and simple reductive statements pitched to honestly let's be real You're about right. it rural and gta Can- ontarians yeah not probably not toronto ontarians but rural and gta ontarians who are ultimately going to say like it's going to be one of the, like well you know uh pri- one private surgery is one last person in a hospital bed and yeah. then they're just gonna just it's gonna be like off the cuff because it's
1: real that's, easy well, that's, that's, and the, that's the um byline it'll that's, be the thing they that's say, the byline yeah they parrot it
0: that's yeah. the ad pitch and then yeah. you're gonna have to say like okay what does that mean and people are be like well because you don't have to go to the hospital to get the surgery you go to the private clinic to get the surgery and you're like when Bef- like before you get the surgery yeah, you go right to the surgery clinic. And then, cool. And then when the surgery's done, you leave the surgery clinic? Yeah. And then where do you recoup? Well, at home. You like, know, okay, okay, what if the surgery goes bad? Oh, I guess we stay at the clinic. Oh, okay, cool. Do they bill you for that? And then yes. it's just unpack. You have to you have to pull
1: yep. back yep. and unpack. You're like, so wait, are you getting billed? Well, you know what? I so shouldn't say yes. We don't even know yet. We don't even we don't know what even know it's going to look like. Yeah. So, the okay, the, here's the other thing. Your surgery's going bad. Real bad. Where do, do you they send want, you? Do you want a team of physicians, nurses, respiratory therapists in the building where you're at that can resuscitate you? Or do you want to be in a private clinic where you have an anesthetist who probably hasn't taken any advanced care life support courses in some time, has all the drugs beside him, but you know, somebody's going to do CPR on you. Like, like I'm just, I, if you were having a high risk surgery, you're not going to be in a private clinic you would be in the hospital. We're, we are talking about people who are going to get like, again, these are hernia surgeries. You know, these are things that 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 maybe were already being done. So I don't want to be too canary in the coal mine. These might actually be nothing because to set up a private surgery clinic right now with the way rent is, the cost of materials, getting hiring people, getting all this ready to go. I don't even know if we're going to see these for some time, if we even see them because I'll tell you the juice just may not be worth the squeeze sometimes here especially if ohip's paying because if ohip was paying so ontario health insurance plan if it was paying so much why are family doctors struggling with their practices to make money i, I mm-hmm. i'm just again I, I i feel like this is a uh, solution without a problem and they're talking about surgical backlog solution in search cataracts. of a problem alex solution in, search, solution of in search of a problem you're right yeah Anyway, I don't want to t- I don't want to, I could talk all night about that. Let's, let's get off that because I feel like there's going to be um, the Ontario Medical Association. Uh, I heard somebody's filing a legal challenge against it because it'll essentially create a system where you'll get a bunch of docs leaving the private system or the public system. And hospitals are very worried about this, right? Like, if you can't meet your operating budgets because you don't have a physician who turns patients through your, your hospital. What are you going to do? You're going to close your doors, right? I mean, that's just it. Like, you know, we've already had something like 139 hospital department closures in the province in the last like two years. That it's like a record amount. It's huge. Anyway, and that's just because they don't have the staff to stack them. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So this is really a staffing shortage. So I I I don't know what opening up more clinics does. Creates more opportunities for staff to go elsewhere, which exacerbates your staffing shortage. So, again, it doesn't make any sense to me. And again, it's private healthcare, which I'm totally, uh, I'm totally in in many ways against.
0: But and just before we end on this, though, this is kind of the fascinating slow crawl towards dismantling something that needs maybe needed more funding and need to be optimized. But they're saying we will make sure this breaks. So that our private solution can come in. And, th- totally. and this is what it looks like. Because yeah. then it's, it's just, yeah, it's just, oh, we'll, we'll handle all cataract surgeries privately. But what that really means is, if you can afford private cataract surgery, you will be able to, you'll, you'll get the fast lane to this private surgery and boom, yeah. you got it. It is done. And then ultimately, they're going to say, look at how efficient we are. We should have more surgeries like this. Then the public staff then realizes, oh man, God, if I only have to deal with like wealthy people, then I can just like work eight hours a day and boom, go home. And, like, and that's, it, right? so, that's it, right? You can work
1: Monday to Thursday, three day weekends, never work in night yeah, yeah, shift yeah. again. You make double the pay. No, you have no pension or benefits, but oh, well, uh, it, that is going to be an allure for many people. It, ju- it already <laughs> is in terms of agency. It nursing, already is. So Which, I, I just, uh, I, I want, of, we need qualified of, people everywhere. Yeah. particular in the private system so our public system sorry and we need to pay them appropriately which the ford government will not do so mm-hmm. um yeah we'll see what happens classic we give them a new incentive model that's short-term
0: gains so we we're gonna pay you we're gonna pay you nearly double your salary that's about it though yeah as a 26 year old nurse who's probably been sweared at a few times at the hospital or as like you know, a doc who's just like tired of night shift maybe they're like you know what yeah i'm gonna go this route this this seems easier and then boom you that's the, the the gap the void the void occurs in the public system and then you scramble and
1: then you're well, again, like talking, okay we're gonna talk about this but I, I want to overlay this in a way that maybe you could comment a bit more that i've been thinking about lately have you heard of quiet quitting you have that that yeah.
0: bullshit ceo spiel on just like oh yeah they're not working, so
1: that's yeah, so when you said this twenty six year old nurse, which what I've been thinking about lately too, which is more problematic is that um quiet quitting amongst that age group right um uh, amongst the gen Zers they're they're doing a lot more of that, <clears throat> right they again, we've talked about how they were sold this lie about get an education, get a job, you'll get a house, and work hard, right It's like turns out no employers don't care about your work. So you have a lot of these quiet quitters, and th- those people who are qu- like who nurses that show up just to do their job because they're just sick of everything, and they're not giving, they don't want to give a hundred percent of themselves, like they don't care about their patients, they're just there for the paycheck. They're all the ones who are going to leave, right? Like they're they've already quietly quit at their hospital, at their place of import- employment. They're ripe for the picking to do two, three hours of work a day at a surgical clinic and go home. Like I. I think there's an the when you overlay quiet quitting on top of this pub, uh, privatization bill, I think you will see a lot of people move. <clears throat> Unfortunately, though, they're not the ones qualified to go into those private clinics. You know, the older nurses but who who have more experience are. Isn't
0: that funny though? Like you're saying, because I think the concept of quiet quitting is actually a a failure of the systems themselves and mm-hmm. not a failure of the person. So, oh, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so as a failure of the system. Because it's been underfunded and the environments are made, have been made eminently more hostile. Yeah. You, you have a, a young worker of the next generation of workers who's saying, why would I even? Like, why the hell should I? Yeah, Because again, there is a, there's a clear short-term solution that is being presented to them. Like, no more getting spat on. No more yep. having someone punch you in the face. No more, uh, you know, no more, again, no more night shift. And then it's just like, it's like a fixed hours. You're going to get paid good money. And then you're going to go home. You might not get many extra benefits, but Hey, who cares? You have you have money in your pocket. Yeah. And then that as a comparison to the system that might have better long-term f- a- a financial benefits for them, but the day in day out is a friggin' grind. How can you blame a person? Yeah, who's no, looking at their incentive model to say, like, oh, screw this? Yeah, this sucks. This sucks bad because, again, you and this, it's come, it's compounding factors. Probably it's not just isolated to like, oh, quiet quitting happens because Gen Z doesn't want to work. No, 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 it, that's no it's that's not, it's, it's, it's totally isolated. Failures. Yeah, the yeah, system totally. has failed them <laughs> on like a few counts, not only in like education, but also in like, oh, sweet, enter the job market. And they're like, sweet can't wait to make 90 grand a year. And then you're like, sweet, here's 45.
2: And you're like, okay. So I can't live in the city.
0: I'm going to work. Okay. I can't afford, I have roommates. Okay. So I'm roommates basically until I'm 30 or I got to get a partner. I got to lock down a significant other as soon as humanly possible. So we can be dual income living in a closet in an urban center that I want to live in. And then I got to go to work and get spit on. Okay. That's like you you picture the lay of the land for a new grad or even like a three years in nurse, three years in physician's assistant. Hell, even a new doc. I mean, they're going to say like, why the hell would I stay? Why, why yeah. stay? It well, sucks. It's not even
1: the, it's not your patients too. It's the public perception that you should even be paid more. Like for some reason Which is, everyone's okay with a plumber making 150,000 yeah. a year but not a nurse for some reason. And but I do think a there's a, when you overlay that most nurses are women by by probably a, a a 3 to you know 3 quarters of all nurses I bet you I don't even know what the stats are but they're all women. This makes it a unique a, 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 it makes it a, a problem for the sex as well that that this like in terms of pay equity these women are paid very oh. poorly. To, to getting just slammed just getting yeah
0: yeah they're totally. they're not yeah. they're yeah and yeah you're right and you're you're getting an entire generation potentially of predominantly female workers in the profession who are saying i'm just fed up with this shit this sucks this is not yeah. even worth it my degree is not the my the amortization on my degree was supposed to be like a decade but if i stay in the system it's going to be 25 years my 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 degree wasn't supposed to be a mortgage This right. sucks." Yeah, and that's what's happening, and like they got they got bills to pay. They have fun the fun that they want to have. You you effectively have an inability for young consumers to be consumers, which is a direct failure of capitalism.
1: Oh, I um, totally agree with that. Yeah,
0: and and, yeah. and I and this is why I, the reason I wanted to break hash it out a little bit more is because it's happening in Alberta right now. Election looming. We have an incumbent premier who was not elected; she was appointed by the conservative committee that she was on because the last leader stepped down, and she's now just really pushing this. Oh yeah, private health care. You know, we sh- Why should you? Why should the public system pay for every time you see your doctor? Or why? Uh, why don't we rely on you know better community efforts for funding
1: your your I love your these, medical I medical these arguments like, about community like efforts. donations. Like mean, why don't you have... you have one Christian only help themselves? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah like they should you should you need more of that. No, thank you. We're good.
0: Yeah, I'm just like, I'm yeah. sorry, I don't want to friggin' hop on a GoFundMe every time a person over fifty-five needs a kidney transplant. Right. <laughs> or yeah. a friggin' hip replacement. Or I'm so, yeah. or even I'm sorry. When I, when a nine year old's just like got their face bitten off by a pit bull and the parents need cosmetic surgery, I'm just like, oh, okay. I would hope the public system spends every effort to support these people because but that's you, the insurance I pay for.
1: You know that they're capitalizing on the idea that there are takers of the system. There are all, all yes, these takers. Of course. And they're it's always the takers. Things. And And on a balance of probability, I'm telling you having worked two decades in healthcare, most people are coming in to the hospital. They need to be there and then they leave. They don't hang around too long are there people who, you know, who abuse a system? Absolutely. Show me a system in the world where there's no abuse. I, I, I don't, I've never heard of this, right? Anywhere you go, any, any system has abuse in it. So if you're, if your notion is that you're going to ameliorate abuse with the, with a private system, guess what? There's just another piece, there's a different person abusing. It'll just be the, it'll be the physicians <laughs> abusing the patients rather than the patients abusing the system. You're, you're just going to find a different, it's, it's a different avenue of abuse. So, yeah. you know, they, again, you're making a good point about capitalism. This is the failure of, of workers' wages and to meet their, to meet the, their needs in a way that props up the entire system. This is the, the wealth going to the, I think people don't really w- well understand wealth redistribution. I think they think it's like going into billionaires' homes in the middle of the night and stealing all the shit. And I I, I don't – I think people really need to look at wealth re- 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 redistribution and why Bernie Sanders makes the case that the sh- billionaires shouldn't exist. There's a really good case for that because – the more money that leaves the system and goes into the hands of the billionaire, the less there is in the collective pot for the rest of us to have. And that's not a selfish thing to say. I I work hard and I make money to live my life, but there's a point at which our altruism and our, our social contract to one another gets strained in such a way as it is right now where it's at a breaking point. And I don't necessarily disagree with wealth redistribution you know, if the government were to come in and start taking money from people with billions of dollars, again, they can only drive one it's car right. at a time.
0: It's higher progressive tax rate, man. It's it all it is. is. Oh, I totally higher agree. Progressive yeah. tax rates. And yeah. it's just like, oh, cool. Are you making over how much? $10 million in total compensation from the company I work for. It's like, okay, yeah, you can totally afford to pay different tiers of taxes on that higher amount of money you just made. Yeah. And it'll only be don't worry, it'll only be from dollar five million and one to ten to fifteen you know million. The, do you know what the top and marginal then,
1: tax rate was in the US in the nineteen sixties? Wasn't it sixty percent? It was sixty percent, Adam. So that so so Americans in the fifties tolerated a top marginal tax rate of sixty percent. And when people say they want to make America great again, I, I don't I don't like the slogan but let's imagine that we went back to the 1950s when a single person one person could work and support an entire fucking household do you know why great social programs right things didn't cost that much but as corporate greed increases and wages are lowered they artificially keep wages lowered they get rid of unions the top mar- and they with that money they buy power in congress the marginal tax rate in the US now i think is the average one is like 19 or 18% that is a massive divestment in the last 70 years or 60 years in the country itself. So when people say they want to make their country great again. Yeah, you should do it by raising taxes. It's it's so plainly obvious. And I don't even care if you want to make $10 million, go do it. But every dollar you make after $10 million, the government's taking 80% of it. Right. That's like, what can you do with 8 million that you can't do with 10? I actually don't know because I've never had that amount of money, but I'm sure there's a point at which we could an inflection point we'd say, you know what? Look, after this much, everyone's given us 50, 60, 70%. That's the way it's gonna go.
0: And this is there there's a I've mentioned it before in the podcast. And I know we we we're kind of leaning into uh, how how money buys power and ultimately how the con the concept of wealth separated from people that make 200 grand a year versus people that make, make millions and marginal tax rates. We, we are talking about fundamentally the most complex financial mechanisms and systems that, yeah, I'm so sim- we're here. Yeah. yeah we're <laughs> oversimplifying that people participate yeah. in. Like we're, we're dangerously oversimplifying because that's just, that's like top marginal tax rate in Canada as 33% over 220, 200 grand. grand? No, I think
1: uh, we're for, 42% over 100 or something.
0: Uh, but the fe- but federal it's the federal tax rate. I don't know. Oh, I don't know what the, oh, oh, I rate know what is. the yeah. I, I can't federal tax rate thirty thirty three percent on any taxable income over two hundred and ten over two hundred and twenty grand. So you think about it that way. Okay, that's if you're claiming income. Correct. That is if you have like an income that you're like okay, this is my income, and it's over two hundred twenty grand a year. I get the, all the income above that gets charged at thirty three percent progressive tax system. So what we're saying is like oh, okay, some of these wealthy people they get pay, they pay the highest amount of taxes, but that discounts the entire swath of financial mechanisms that when you're making over two hundred grand a year, the options for your tax reduction levers starts to open up It's more lanes Correct. in the highway yeah. it's it's uh it's lending opportunities that come your way that are just available to you that are not available to the general populace making seventy grand or less like yeah. it it becomes a fascinating. Conversation with a financial advisor and and an accountant to say how can I reduce my tax burden? Those are words that not many people get to say. Yeah, quite quite uh, literally over two hundred grand income a year because they're saying my total compensation is actually like a million, but it's from multiple revenue streams. I need to put yeah. this money is coming from here and this money is coming from there. My income though, I want to claim it. Let's put it at one. Well, the flip
1: side of that too is that. The amount of money you need to live as a percent of your income is much lower, right? So if I only make $40,000 a year, my rent, my rent, food, transportation costs. Oh, your rent is all of that. Let's imagine, let's imagine I only make 40 grand. Maybe I spend 25 of my available income in just meeting the care, like putting shelter, getting a vehicle, eating food. Then add I have a kid, or you just add any of this, right? So, yeah. so if you have two hundred thousand dollars, well, you might say, well, you probably live in a nicer house, drive a nicer car. That's that's correct. But the even yes. if I spent fifty thousand on all those total needs, right? You know, I I still have one hundred and fifty. So as a percent, your, your, your living costs as a percent of your overall wage, if you have a million dollars, your living costs are still probably closer to 50,000. So now you're keeping 950,000. So you can, you can game this math out in a way that's like, no, no, the, the, the less you make the the larger percent of your income is just eaten up by just trying to live in the world we live in. I just, right? Maslow's so, two to three parts of the pyramid in his hierarchy yeah, of totally needs. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, Maslow, like, shout out.
0: Food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shelter. Food, shelter. Yeah. I
1: haven't so, even got gotten to like social, <laughs> the social well, we, Then we might be making a case for um if you are only having your basic needs uh, needs met, you might be more apt to become sick and therefore need a public system much more.
0: Oh, yeah. What what a what a delightful loop to bring it back in on Alex. Because Ooh. yeah, if I make forty-five grand a year and I'm over forty-five, I have like I have a serious problem that's on the horizon. And that problem is my health yeah. as oh, a pretension. cost of living. Yeah. And if that if if I can't afford to maybe change my lifestyle so that I can accommodate my very my low income then i have to say okay well healthcare at least will be my saving grace that's when it when i get sick not if friggin when yeah and that as an added expense to that 45 year old only making 45 grand a year by maybe only circumstance just because you know, it could be a lack of education could be opportunities were not given to them could be you name it there are there are people who are approaching their 50s and their incomes are not high enough to sustain both living and a healthcare cost. And as a young, goofy looking white guy who can definitely afford a private system for now, I want a public healthcare system so that if I were freaking hard up on, on anything, even when I was on disability as a 45 year old, no, for provi- uh, um, forbid, but. Like I would want to make sure that the healthcare system I at least have paid into my entire life takes care of me because I probably have a list of other expenses that are eating up my my cost of living. Other added could, to my cost. You of could,
1: you could have, yeah, or you just live with your parents indefinitely, which a lot of well, uh, oh, there you gen go, go. Gen f- 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 z- oh, are doing <laughs> fantastic. So again, the Canadian dream
0: that was sold to us all unachievable. It's actually the death of my parents. I'm waiting on to own for yeah. home ownership.
1: And we need not, that transfer of wealth, man. We need it oh.
0: badly. But Alex, see, here's our problem. Public health care is just keeping all these elderly people alive. If we switch to the private health care system, we can just get all these elderly people just oh. rammed right through the meat grinder. Just death, death, death.
1: Somebody called you know the police. You've figured it out. you you understand Alex, the criminal mind. Yeah.
0: There are two big problems, two big problems of COVID. And this might be a good segue. Two big problems of COVID. A, it was tough to see the symptoms. And B, it didn't kill enough old people. I was right. expecting a larger transfer of wealth. Yeah. What the hell? Me
1: too. It just killed all the sick, vulnerable, poor people. How dare it. Oh, yes. How yeah. dare it. How dare it. Yeah, so that's a great segue into de- the declaration that da, 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 <laughs> I want to get the wording right because I don't want to say it wrong. Because then people are like, "What? COVID's over? No, it's not over. Actually, it's super the close. WHO, the The World Health Organization has downgraded COVID. <laughs> it's downgraded to uh, no longer a global emergency. Just a caution. There's a. It's more of a cautionary virus now. We still need to have. We still hmm. need to be on guard. But it's not a global healthcare emergency now. So. What that means is that governments can start scaling back all of their COVID funding from for literally whatever they've been giving it to, because all of the laws that they, they made to produce, they you know help people out during this time of need, you can roll it all back now. Let's let's get the economic engines roaring by taking away sorely needed aid to people. Let's do it if we could do this.
0: Alex, I think Sorry. I think now is one of those times that we have to go to
1: um, Pornhub. Oh, that's very not, close. That's not what you're oh. gonna say. Oh
0: it's it's masturbatory. Um, I think I think it's time that we do a little throwback. A little throwback to a great man, a man who many said was dismal, a dim wit, kind of maybe dumb. Hold and on. also George Bush Jr. George Bush. <laughs> totally George. I'm talking to George Bush, Alex. Alex, I think it's time to, to do a little throwback. To the March, or sorry, May 1st, 2003 speech, Alex, major combat operations in COVID have ended. In the battle of COVID, the world and our allies have prevailed because the regime of COVIDness is no more. Mission accomplished.
1: Mission accomplished. My <laughs> way to the <laughs> danger zone.
0: Danger zone. He rhymes danger zone with danger zone. We won't address it. No, Alex, <laughs> I think this is the perfect time for a Bush mission accomplished. We did it, people. We, we flattened the curve. We conquered together. We imagined for some reason gal gadot (laughs) i don't know like we did all of the things yeah we did it who downgrading that's boom now we can all go back to because how's iraq doing these days
1: uh, it's oh. like, I, I, really, <laughs> I feel like of the doomsday clock of COVID. They just went back by five minutes. They didn't really like go back that far, but it's still it's something anyway. It's something to think. We about, are we are
0: no longer ten nanoseconds to midnight. We That's are now right. fifteen nanoseconds <laughs> right. to midnight. Or, or or how about this? Here a little fun, a little science fact, a little science divergence. Um, because here's here's something real fun. I think everybody can chew on. But did you know that um, – that? oh, here's a good one. Here, There are other words for temporal calculation, much like Kelvin as a different calculation for temperature. Yeah. But there's other terms for temporal calculation, one of which I just learned is actually angstrom. And I feel like have heard that ang- word before. Yeah, angstrom. angstrom. It's a cool one because uh, it's the uh, – one angstrom is the equivalent to – um 1 nano .1 nanometers uh and then when they when they start oh sorry it's not temporal calculation it's a it's a it's a distance calculation my bad not oh, temporal sure. it's distance it's distance so 1 angstrom not a nanometer it's it's or it's .1 nanometers so instead of just .1 nanometers
1: they say oh it's about 1 angstrom so there you go a little fun it fact sounds cooler it sounds way cooler it it sounds long and It sounds like a Swedish term.
0: Yeah, named after William Beauregard Angstrom, who, oh my God, it is Swedish. Um, I I was (laughs) totally kidding. I'm not even, I didn't know it was, so I was totally kidding. It's by Anders Jonas Angstrom, Um, but yeah, it's definitely Swedish. (laughs) Oh my God, I called that one. Jesus. Wowzers. Yeah. So it's, uh, there you go. A little fun fact. You learn it a lot. COVID is defeated. You have a new unit of length. That you can go out and tell your friends, or listeners, like can, if, th- if, today, if today,
1: if today isn't a victory, help. a GI Joe victory, then I don't know what it is. I can also measure my micropenis in angstroms now. Do good no. Hey, Alex,
0: Alex, ten, 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 ten thousand angstroms. Angstrom yeah, so was, pretty. Right <laughs> <at
1: mine>. ten, <laughs> you know, how big is yours, man? I got ten thousand angstroms between my legs. Ten thousand angstroms. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: <it's>, All right, <laughs> hold on. So what, what? I feel like that should be the name in, of a band,
1: like Die Antwerp. Yeah. 10,000 angstroms?
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, so angstroms are so small, it would actually be (laughs) 7.62 to the exponent 8. Uh, That's how big my wiener is. That doesn't roll off the tongue, like (laughs) 10,000 angstroms. Yeah. 7.62 trillion angstrom just
1: roll in India three whole inches (laughs) take Take all of my 7.6 due to to the exponent of I've already forgotten it does
0: have a real sort of Damocles vibe to it when you say it it that way but it's just entirely underwhelming to all of my previous partners before my current love of my life and including her I apologize for
1: being so disappointing (laughs) (laughs) I've heard women are totally turned on by the number of angstroms you have it's like no yeah that's All, the neck be- All the neck bearders are telling themselves,
0: Alex. Uh, if you can't, if you can't change, if you can't change the way it is, change the conversation. That's right. You know, left <laughs> hand <left-handed laughs> can't know what the right hand's doing. <laughs> that's
1: right. Uh, okay. What else are we talking about tonight? I had sent you some other stuff. Um, I think that, you know yeah. we should touch on the bricks, the brick stations, because I I was surprised, but to by a couple of my coworkers when I had mentioned, as you do casually, bricks nations. They're like, what are you talking about, Br- brick? I'm like, no bricks. The bricks nations and people are like, I don't know what this is. And I thought this is a pretty serious thing that I feel. It's only about
0: a, admittedly, it's only about a twenty-three year old concept, twenty-two year old concept,
1: right? It's now. I feel like it's it's being met with. It's taken more seriously now because of the state of Russia and Ukraine. I honestly think that yeah. that's what's going on, and a bunch of economists, uh, geo, uh, geo, geo, geo. Politicists? Geo, no, that's someone I'm trying to say. People who know about geopolitics. I felt like there's a bit, The it's entered into our collective conversation a bit more because it appears as though there's some, there's labor disruptions within China coming. Um, the Russia-Ukraine fight probably can't go on much longer. And it looks like some of these countries are trying to cling on to other, um, uh, other countries that are developing with high populations in order to, sort of start to sustain themselves, uh, both with uh, you know, we'll say quote unquote manpower and resources. So Adam, what are the BRICS Nations? So so the Bricks the BRICS Nations are,
0: and it was this is a little throwback. So we're gonna we're gonna go back to uh I wanna say a simpler time. Blackberries were all the rage. We were actually <laughs> currently the United States were was winning the war in Iraq it might have been right after this speech that I just mentioned that Bush gave, but it was the ragtag, fast-moving times of two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Yeah, when like the I, yeah. the idea of the BRIC nations was presented by a Goldman Sachs or a J.P. Morgan executive, I can't remember which one, but it was effectively um, a. A guy says, like, hey, um, uh, American currency being used as the in, uh, the standard currency as an intermediary for trade is affecting, like, all these other countries positive, positively and negatively. And if I were to make an argument for an antithesis or a counter currency that could be used as a medium for trade uh, uh, internationally, it would probably start with these BRIC nations. Brazil, Russia, India, China. S being BRICS. Uh, South Africa was added, I think, in, like, 2010, 2011. Yeah. And you have this argument to be made by these nations saying, why are we internationally using the American currency as the medium of exchange for the currency reserve exchange? currency of the world? Yeah. The reserve currency so that we can yeah. like buy and sell commodities and buy and sell um, hard like equipment and goods and trade with each other. And why do we peg our currencies to the American currency? And this is Super complicated kind of like origin story in the Nixon switch from the gold standard, um, which was basically saying like we're all going to trust that dollars have this much value and not say that a dollar is worth how much an ounce of gold is worth back in the 70s, I think. Um, But this this transition to the American dollar is the reserve currency instead of saying, oh, we're on the gold standard. Gold is the medium of exchange, so you can always trade X amount of gold for a dollar of currency made um the United States currency kind of this medium of exchange across the planet because people were starting people have to trust that the value of the money that they are using is worth the value of the goods that they are buying. And Correct. the United States stepped in to say, tell you what, we will put our currency in basically every country in the world. And also when the digital era really hit us, we will give international access to our markets so that you can always buy and trade and sell our currencies and our and even participate in our markets as international participants hence kind of the, like for, a, like the
1: forex market
0: yeah you have forex market you yeah. even have international companies pegging the value of their um, uh, their trades to the fluctuations in the American dollar and how much a cur- or how much like a share in a corporation is worth is pegged based on the American dollar and then they say we will then translate that into our local currency whatever that may be based on an american yeah. dollar president this is happening a little bit with the eu as well the euro is also a pegged currency where people are like oh we measure value based on um uh, a euro but these are ultimately all currencies that are interlinked across the planet but all but really because of its the depths of its markets because of the reliability of its um uh, of its being prevalent throughout the, the world the us dollar being the reserve currency and the medium of exchange that international goods are bought and sold has just made kind of a, kind of an incumbent play for being the most reliable for like a ton of factors. We're probably going to touch on like two, but it's like, it's not just like, Oh yeah, the U S military power is in retro dollar reliable. It's not the only reason it is really a multi, like a Leviathan of reasons for market accessibility, transparency of ownership of, like, who, where their money is and who owns it and who has it. Like, it's the it's whole bunch of shit. And then we're going to touch on, like, why a BRICS dollar or a BRICS medium of exchange would be
1: interesting, but maybe foolhardy, to be honest. A, a perfect explanation. Um, there you go. Okay. So, why, what type of threat would the BRICS nations be? If they like, what what reserve currency do they even think about using? Is it going to be the yuan? Probably Chinese or it, yuan. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, Chinese I, yuan. Feeling like it's going to be China, yeah. Chinese yuan. Okay, yeah. so all India, China, Brazil, South Africa, and I I think Saudi Arabia has just been added. To be honest with you, or they are they are they a, are they're like a the uh, the the uncle that's not joined yet, but hasn't joined the family dinner yet, but is thinking about doing it. So, Have you heard that there is a
0: yes, but there okay, so this is kind of the this is why it's so it's an incredibly complex topic, and there is very much a difference between diversifying your savings account and using a different currency as your medium of exchange. Let me give you an example um, there's a, there's a, a, a couch. Uh, catch potato investor um, analogy that everyone uses is always keep an emergency fund as three months of expenses. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: make sure you have an emergency fund, three months of expenses in a savings account, liquid. So keep it highly liquid, but in a savings account, so it's cash that you can pull out immediately. Countries pretty much do the same thing. So they, in case of a natural disaster, in case of a massive influx of debt-based trading in case of anything like it's really an emergency fund that they keep in a piggy sure. bank
1: A and drought they say, cool. kills all the
0: drought. Uh, you know but crops a, a and they need to feed the yeah sure. and they need to just buy a shit ton of wheat yes yeah emergency fund now that it's keeping three months of an emergency fund is liquid cash as a as a uh as a country is it's like an expensive low interest savings account so you're like holy shit We have just this a shit ton of cash liquidly hanging out, and what is it like? What are we buying? Are we buying our own currency? Sometimes, sometimes you just have a shit ton of your own currency lying around as a country in a central bank, and then what central banks start to realize was they're like, oh, well, what if we buy like a shit ton of USD since it's kind of the world reserve currency, and they buy a shit ton of USD, and then just because there's a certain amount of currency that you buy, where you start to see minimal return on your your natural investment for holding that currency just based on the interest you're getting paid on it so you start diversifying your savings account instead of saying i'm going to have my savings account and my central bank of my country in just u.s dollars in my local currency i'm going to start buying other currencies let's say because let's say that natural disaster is for it like it ruins our infrastructure and i need to buy a shit ton of concrete I'm gonna buy,
1: uh, maybe U.S. dollars or maybe Chinese dollars. Well, you want a currency where you can get the best value for your money. The best value for my money,
0: yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Well, if you need steel, yeah. you want to buy the best steel. You come to Canada, obviously, but so you want to have. Not that you would have.
0: Yeah, and then I can buy it with all this Canadian, all these Canadian dollars that I have lying around, and I have to yeah. don't have to. I a don't have to pay for a transfer fee or, or a remit or um, or. Uh, a clearing fee for transferring my currency from currency A to currency B. I just have a diversified pol- portfolio of, cu- of currencies as a central bank lying around. So what has happened is that many countries actually found that their emergency funds were a little bit bloated with local and US dollars. So what did they start doing? They said, what other currencies should we maybe hold just in case? And naturally they said, oh, maybe we'll hold some, some Chinese yuan, which I learned in the last week is the foreign traded currency and the renminbi is the domestic traded currency and this is the biggest yeah this is the biggest problem with maybe why chinese yuan will never take off as the reserve currency is because there's only one u.s dollar it is used domestically in the u.s and it's used internationally as a medium of trade meaning the u.s does not have complete control over that u.s dollar which is both good and bad They have ways that they can affect the value of the U.S. dollar with fiscal policy and monetary policy, oftentimes interest rates. But that's just what we're seeing recently. But what they ultimately don't have is saying, no, we will flood the United States with this many U.S. dollars and it's going to be worth this much. We promise you that. They can't do that. It's actually based on an open market valuation that all countries participate in. What China can do is actually say, ooh, UN is dropping a little bit lower than the value we'd like it to. So let's flood our domestic currency, the renminbi, so that or maybe it's rising too much and shit's too expensive. We're going to flood our domestic currency uh, with a shit ton of renminbi, which effectively is two currency systems affecting each other. Yeah. So that ultimately massively increases supply, so that the cost of the demand drops.
1: So when people say. China does currency manipulation. This is exactly what this they're talking
0: about. Could be what could be one of the ways to do currency ma- manipulation. And this is and it's kinda and it's a very and I've just oversimplified it, incredibly reductive. But when you have a country like China that does not have open markets to the international community, that you can go and buy and sell renminbi today, you can only buy and sell Yuan, but China ultimately has an interconnected currency domestically and internationally. Mm-hmm. You were ultimately saying, no, 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 we, China, control the actual value of yuan and renminbi instead of the U.S. saying internationally markets dictate the price of U.S. Sure, we sure. only have – we have dials and levers. The U.S. has dials and levers. China literally has – we own the value of its currency. Okay, In so
1: Japan, I want to read order. you – I'm glad you've said all this because I want to read you a statement by Sergey Lavrov who is um, – he's the, from the Russian foreign ministry. Um, after our meetings of the BRICS nations, he said this. He stressed the need for joint efforts to counter destructive actions aimed at destroying the established security architecture being undertaken in line with the Western neo-colonial policies. Ah. Uh. <laughs> it's like the biggest fucking word salad, but so I, I thought of this in two ways, or no, maybe the simplest way I thought of it is they see us the way we see them, right? They they see our international trade globalization, right? The use of the use of the USD as sort of a stabilizing monetary mechanism within the world. They see that as oppressive, right? Because they can't, because they, because the Russians are like the sanctions against them are so bad. They feel like we're oppressing them. Whereas we feel like their behavior is oppressive, to other countries, so to, we're yeah. really we're just two sides of the same coin. In the, and from their perspective, we're two sides of the which, same, same. Which coin.
0: funny little, little tidbit, little tidbit, in the Russian case, uh, EU sanctions against Russia were like five times as bad as American sanctions against Russia. So, but well, little, somehow, little fun yeah, tidbit. But, somehow, they're but are taking, yeah,
1: taking aim at the at Western country. Well, you know what, the West yeah. is Europe as well. So
0: the West is yeah.
1: Anyway, I thought this was interesting because, and I thought we should talk about it a little bit, and maybe people should have a cursory understanding about it because. Would it not shift the power dynamics of the world towards these countries where they have a massive amount of labor, right? Like we, we export a lot of things to China, Mexico, and India to be made because we don't have the labor force. These countries, Brazil, China, India, maybe not as much Russia, um, and certainly may, may to some, to some degree, South Africa. They have a lot of natural resources and they have a ton of a massive labor force. Should we be nervous, like as a, as Western countries, that this is going to be, that m- maybe the, the world could have a reserve currency that is the Yuan and we would lose some, you know, let's say that democracy is spread like by the pen and the sword. But to some extent, our influence, democratic influence, is influenced a little bit by the USD. Would that be a fair well, thing to say?
0: Yeah, but that and is then, the pen. Like, that is the pen. I, that's right. I have to, yes. That is definitely the pen. So and, by
1: taking away our pen, doesn't it just make us Russia and them the US? Like, doesn't it just reverse the roles? So, so yes.
0: If... if you are not at war. To so think about, or yes, if you're not in a, like kind of in a, let's say, you're trying to impose your will on other countries. So okay, that's where we're, you're we're lose not a- trying
1: to do that. I'm, I'm just making a point about the reversal of, the reversal of sort of our st- status in the world. Western, the West being the vanguards for democracy, free speech, you know, um, we're all first world countries. And now these ostensibly second Th- Some are third i would argue south africa might be a th- um, i don't know i guess i guess it's a second world country but that they, there when they band together do they push us out of the marketplace do they start dictating mm, no yeah. okay so no. there's okay. so here's
0: here when i say so this is so this is incredibly complex. I'm gonna to try to I'm gonna I'm gonna dance around a few things separate, here. for all the
1: mouth breathers in our, and our myself. Well, no, listen I, to I this for podcast. myself
0: for myself. So this the, one of the incredible challenges is making this digestible enough so that it's at least accessible for the listener to go and research on their own. Because to our listeners, I, I can promise you, everything I'm saying is only one one hundredth correct. And what we're talking about is some of the most complex financial mechanisms on the planet through which. The vehicles of global trade are driven, enacted, halted, and affected like we we are talking about people buying corn futures. We are talking about the price of oil on a given hour of the day. We are talking about selling microchips to some countries and not others. This is the problem with discussing another world reserve currency it's I want to go, and it's actually almost like it's counter um, it's, a, it's a counterpoint to why cryptocurrency will never work. Let me just put it out there. why a, a decentralized cryptocurrency is never going to work because as a medium of exchange, it sucks and it's ultimately just a speculative gambling as a gambling investment uh, and has not proven itself anything otherwise. This is why world reserve currencies and why currency exchanges are so complicated. Because the value of money is essentially what we all, they say what we all agree to it being, but ultimately it's what the market agrees to it being. And markets exploded in complexity after we left the gold standard. And when we switched from the gold standard, the thing that happened was exchange rates were then, were no longer pegged to a specific amount of gold. Okay. So instead of saying one Turkish dollar, one, one EU dollar, one US dollar, whatever those be, are worth different amounts of gold, and which ultimately creates a ceiling, well, kind, of, kind of like blockchain, creates <laughs> a ceiling on the amount of dollars, or sorry, amount of gold on, on the planet. We have a finite amount of gold on the planet and we're trying to contend with the fluctuating valuations of currency on the planet today and in the future. And if we keep D- keep pegging our money to what gold is, then ultimately you would need only hoard gold to have the most valuable money, Correct. which for mediums of exchange, it, it hampers the ability for financing to happen because ultimately you're saying to the developing nation, cool. I want to lend you a bunch of money, but how much gold do you have? And they, and they say like, Oh, um, two bars of it and they're like oh that's not ten thousand bars of it tell you what i'm going to need like to just own a bunch of your prop like infrastructure and then all that you'll hedge you'll hedge the money i'm going to give you in this gold-backed currency to all of your infrastructure and that creates kind of problems for domestic ownership of that country doesn't really allow them to develop so they have to say like all right Fine, I guess we'll go find more gold. And then you basically have gold rushes probably fluctuating. And then any place that has gold becomes a gold rush to get the gold. And then all that currency fluctuates based on those countries that have the gold. So the push away from the gold standard to an agreement of money based on exchange rates has a, a ton of consequences, both positive and negative. But it also says- Because can you just, mart- like, it, yes, you
1: just put more money? Like, what if everybody just printed more money, right? Then- you-
0: but yes, but so that creates a thing that is a much more common
1: post-gold standard era, and that's
0: called inflation. Inflation. With the gold standard, the money is, supply is limited, so should be, sorry, it should be limited by the amount of gold in circulation or the gold that a country has or gold that a country can use to back up the amount of money they have. You have this much gold, so you can have this much money. But when we are talking about future considerations, let's say future development projects, let's say I have a a time horizon on the tunnel between the Swedish mountains of 15 years, but I only have gold reserves that equate to five years from now. Do I take the risk on that amount of of money that we're going to give, you know, sorry, not Sweden, Switzerland, so that they can go and build this infrastructure plan? I don't know. Do we need to go get more gold? I guess Switzerland. So then Switzerland has to go get more gold to finance this new project that they have. It doesn't. It, it creates a, a restriction on the amount of debt financing that they could actually go after. Kind of one of those things that you're like, oh, but debt financing is what if the investment is realized over the course of several years through things like you know interest that's going to be paid on that money and you this know, is wildly
1: it's, complicated.
0: It's wildly complicated, right? And <laughs> okay. you're just like, oh. you're like wait how do massive friggin' through the mountain railways get built pre, you know, or during the gold standard era? And you're like, oh, well, it took many financiers actually. It was financiers who came in and that's, you have a consequence of usually barons. You have barons who are financiers because they actually had all the assets or the connections. Uh, Okay,
1: okay.
0: So in a post gold standard era, what you have is yes, the risk of a hyperinflationary environment, but you also have conveniently International access to markets. So any country can pay to play in primarily the US market. Kind of a funny mechanism that they created for themselves through a ton of colonialism, a little bit or a lot of bit of slavery, and ultimately <laughs> a lot of bit. And <laughs> classic Teddy Roosevelt big stick diplomacy and maybe overthrowing of a few governments over the last hundred years. But it became a system of trust through for an exchange of that currency. And this is why, you know, the legacy system may not be the best system, but it's one of, it's a really good system because it's reliable. You're relying on international markets to dictate the value of things based on the U.S. dollar.
1: It sounds like you're saying, I don't have to be as worried about the BRICS nations and, you know, them taking over and the yuan being the reserve currency of the world just yet. It's not. It It is.
0: is, The average citizen, will almost likely not notice a single thing change. We are talking about the flows of money on the order of magnitude of at least provinces and states and if not countries. We we are talking about having new currencies in such values that are they're they're in the tens of millions if not billions because we're talking about th- currency used as a medium of exchange. And when it comes to you buying something off Amazon or you going on Alibaba and buying something and it just gets billed simple Forex rate, that's not what we're talking about. That is not what a BRICS system is. We're talking about oil to warm the houses in sixty percent of Germany was cut off. Well I think it was forty percent was cut off essentially from Russia. Or rather, sanctioned, and Russia cut it off, or a pipeline got blew up and cut it off. Mm -hmm. Whatever the conspiracy theory these days is, but effectively, half your country doesn't have the necessary oil or natural gas to heat itself. Where are you going to buy that energy now? And what medium of exchange are you going to use to buy it from that country? Sure. And I like it's not Deutschmarks. No, because Germany doesn't trade in Deutschmarks anymore, and it's maybe euros. But ultimately, if the receiving country would like to export. Their commodities or their natural resources, and use the U.S. dollar. They're going to ask for U.S. dollars, Saudi Arabia, and yeah. they're going to say we would like to get paid in USD. It's a more stable currency given yeah. the situation in the EU right now because there's a war right next door. Like hmm. that, that is the conversation. But understand yeah. the the again a leviathan of complexity beneath that one statement takes and a deep understanding of market complexity because the like. Your, your pension, guys, it's complex. And it's this thing called, and these are hyper objects. These, this is the hyper objectification of a lot of the things in your life. They are much more complex than me on a podcast espousing the values of keeping a world reserve currency as USD. It is so much more complex than that because we're not just talking about, oh, well, Canadian dollars, $1.38, $1.37, the American dollar right now. No, we're talking about the movement of bananas from El Salvador to your grocery store. We're talking about you know canadian oil and gas getting sold getting on the international market, market yeah. getting to market we're we're talking about how to export quebec based biotechnology to sudan like the it's, this is the complexity of having world reserve currencies and with with the brics nations saying well we at least want to do this with commodities what you ultimately have is like uh, a a commodity buyer in china in a commodity producer in basically all these other nations—South Africa, Russia, India, maybe India to a lesser extent—and um, then China's China's just saying, "Well, buy more yuan from us, or buy all of our goods in your Brazilian, or buy more of our goods in yuan, or we'll buy more of your goods in a Brazilian dollar." So it's not a world reserve currency. It's much more like China just saying, "I'm going to buy a shit ton of Brazilian goods with Brazilian dollars, so that the Brazilian currency is inflated by the amount of." Demand okay. for their so, currency uh, to buy that. Share. We
1: arrive at why I might be a little bit concerned about this is that, yeah. and your explanation notwithstanding, which I thought was excellent, this could be like the China saying, "Look, you want to be friends with China? Here's gonna, here's what's gonna ha- happen. Right, we're you're gonna use our reserve currency, and we're gonna give you special deals on." The biotech that we stole from other countries, and you know, we're okay. going to have access to our markets in a way that's actually going to benefit your country. When we're going to inflate your dollar now, so your buying power on Western nations is actually more significant. So you know, giving these these nations a little bit more power. Now, that may not be a bad thing, but Pre- it, premium. It can, we'll give you we'll give you discounts or premiums. Sure, we'll give you discounts, discount, premiums. discounts or premiums. But it might be a very bad thing, right? Because the Brazil the Brazilian dollar being backed by literally nothing except for China is a bit of a problem.
0: Uh y- yes, but also you know who's not in the BRICS nations? Japan. Taiwan. Yeah. yeah. Y- the European Union. Um hell, Australia. Uh who else? Us, Canada. Canada. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it becomes Mexico. your 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 if you're G8 and your G20 is ultimately unaffected, because let's be real, we're talking developed versus developing nations, and we're talking surplus economies versus deficit economies, or economies that rely on a lot of importing. And this is when I said said like, hey, this is a really complex name, because it's all international market forces. We're talking about international import-export pricing, for a okay. lot of these things. So a reserve currency at least functions to be the medium of exchange between, okay, you have a, a boat full of grain. I have a shit ton of this money, so I'm going to buy your boat full of grain. Things like that. It is yeah. in the orders of magnitude far greater than the average citizen gets to participate in on a daily basis, except for maybe, I don't know, they exchange their, they make yuan somehow and then they exchange it for their dollars in their local currency and a better yuan is a little bit, you know, you make a little plus.
1: So you're your exchange, saying... Right? Don't chloroform crystal in the dogs just yet, because yet. The, Russians, the because the Red Dawn is coming. You're saying no. Don't I, do it. And, okay.
0: And honestly, when I say efficiency of American markets, I am talking about the most efficient markets we have in history. Fair. We have. There are auditory bodies. There are regulations. There are rules for being domestic. There are rules for being international. Unless China can come to the table and play at the same level and solve some of the problems, then you you do not have a world reserve currency. You have NAFTA. You have a a, a trade agreement, essentially. I'll buy Brazilian oil with Brazilian dollars as China, and I'll buy Russian natural gas uh, using rubles, rupees, whatever the hell they use these days. Um, oh okay, okay. Using dusk, Dusko Dusco SV dollars, you know whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. um, Gulag dollars, I think it, they're called.
1: Gulag, Gulag dollars, oh,
0: yeah, of Gulagians, course. Yes. Um, yeah. The the Siberian medallions. Um, no, I, and I, unless that actually happens, because again, it is funny to think of a new world reserve currency when only yeah five participating countries are there. So it's like well, okay. I'll be honest with you. So a then, lot of
1: my more conspiratorial friends are thinking. That the BRICS nations are going to are going to take over. We're going to be we're going to have to subordinate ourselves to their whims, financial whims, or I don't know, whatever. So it's come up quite a bit in conversation with a bunch of a few of my friends, and I've seen it's making international headlines because they're in quote unquote talks, which I don't know what that means. I don't know what uh, in talks means, but it might be just a scare tactic for other. Uh, I, for I would other, say uh, this nations. is
0: this uh, if not a scare tactic then it's like again you're gonna see um a massive you're gonna see great headlines for the yes, next little totally. while where it's just like china able to buy a shit ton of brazilian oil uh, and they Br- brazil made a killing because they paid a premium just to use their own currency oh brazilian you know currency is trading at a premium now oh it's brazilian currency inflated now brazilians you know price of bread being this much time. so you have these consequential media headlines. But when we're talking, this is like, there is no single news article. There's not okay. a single news article that will explain this cohesively in under an hour. Like this is... Oh, it's, it's a robust not, topic. Yeah. It is, it is like, this is the... It, if, you, if you can eat the 52-ounce steak, I will be so impressed. But there is not a media outlet on the planet who is going to be able to sum this up. In a single fifty-two ounce steak, and there is not a consumer of news on the planet who is going to be able to ingest it all in a single sitting because it is such a complex thing. I feel like and, this is a
1: Vice miniseries waiting to happen. It
0: could. You know, well, they're yeah. they're filing for bankruptcy. They're, 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 they're bankruptcy protection. I think they're four hundred uh, million in debt. Bad. But but at least it's U.S. dollar pegged debt, Alex. That's what I'm saying. That's um, true. Uh, <clears> So they're, they're okay. excuse the diatribe. This no, no. a lot.
1: It's a complex issue, and I know you would be looking into it a little bit. So we're going to chat about it. And um, certainly, there is some reservation again on the part of some people I know that somehow we're going to be we're going to be working for Russia, kind of thing. Is like
0: no man. It's 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 like okay. So there's a
1: there's a funny statement. We're going to be working for
0: Russia. Yeah. Right. It's kind of a funny thing to say. What if the Russian government owned, you know, a billion dollars worth of Canadian government bonds? Okay,
1: you would know it. Would
0: you be? Would you be? Would you be would you mad? Would <laughs> that mean? Would that mean that Canada is working for Russia because they own a billion dollars worth of Canadian bonds? Uh, like Pierre really would industry? say yes.
1: He would say yes. We oh,
0: it's, well, it's like oh, well, they own Canada. It's like well, in like remember, post gold standard era, it's not. They don't own the gold in the vault. That's not what we're saying. That's right. No. They've given us a shit ton of cash, likely in our own currency, and we just have to pay them interest on it when we return the the bond when the bond is yield is comes uh comes due. Yeah. So, the the whole oh China owns the U.S. It's like well, you're talking about incredibly complex financial mechanisms that you can yeah. even play in sometimes for the bond market at least. So when they say like oh the government's owned by China, it's like well yes a lot of our debt could be sold to other countries. That's how we raise capital to do certain infrastructure projects. But I think you're missing the point and why that's a really efficient way to raise capital because the person on the other side is getting the interest on the money that they're giving us. So what is your actual point in this as a, as a critic of this complex system?
1: I think the point people might be trying to make is something like independence and freedom looks like not being beholden to another country with interest payments. Yeah. So, I think that, but that's—I just said that in a way that they couldn't actually articulate themselves. But, but there's, but, there's you know, a lot.
0: But yeah. wait, what if we have a shit ton of yuan in our in one of our diversified reserve central bank reserve currencies? Which well, we, I don't we know. Have to understand we, why we, we, can we can want do. to have that. Yeah, in our, yeah. Does so but, the Canadian central, far central bank? Me, have chinese yuan in reserve (laughs) we could actually ask this question uh is that it's not considered reserve currency but does canada have uh, an official international reserves uh we can actually check this uh, in gold in u.s dollars yeah no uh doesn't in other reserve assets so it might be under other foreign currencies actually (laughs) so we have canada as of the 23rd of april 2023 has what is this in billions has $24 billion in other foreign currencies under its uh, international reserves. And of that 24, it looks like 24 billion. um, Some of that is probably Chinese yuan. So we've actually bought another country's currency and it's on a bank of Canada.ca website. We can go look at it. We can probably read the CSV report guys. These are in these are incredibly complex financial mechanisms that you being mad at don't make any sense because you haven't you haven't done your homework, you haven't done your research. <laughs> research, you haven't gone in, you haven't done, you haven't looked through the CSV files line by line by line. You don't even know how much currency we have. We got all the currencies. Wow, this is how bullshit it is that it needs a dirty New York accent just to break down. Like I and love this it. is. This is what I love the most. Most of our listeners probably understand we diatribe and we digress. So I apologize. But quite literally, every system you participate in in today
1: is so much more complex than you actually know it is. It's it's unnervingly so. You mean if I don't have expertise in the subject and I don't understand it, I shouldn't peddle lies about it?
0: come like, on alex I'll, I'll even go so far come so at on. least we at least we espouse our own stupidity at least we say and i'm not i'm gonna give us too much credit because we we oftentimes we we've called it wrong but we call dumb. it right a lot of I'm times dumb for sure yeah it's, i'm dumb as shit but at least i know there's a i'm dealing with many more 52 ounce steaks than i am just a fucking new york strip like oh, no that's doubt. Yeah, that's the actual problem, and I'm talking everything—how and where you buy your food, healthcare, your fucking daycare for your kids, like your the bank you shop at, the telecom that you you get your internet from. We are talking about things that are more complex than people can grasp no, absolutely easily. Well unfortunately, yeah. it's it's just, and that's the world we live in today. So let's let's talk about how shitty Donald Trump is. <laughs>
1: Speaking of people who hate China, um, what a segue. Um, no, th- thank you for that. Um, for, you know, you've you've taught me a bunch of stuff. I hope the listeners, I know um, we, again, it was pretty technical, but I think hopefully they have enjoyed it and people sort of get in the back of their mind if they had any intuitions about what was going on with the BRICS nations sort of clears things up or maybe makes things a bit more complicated in a way that, you know, doesn't make you as worried. Um, yeah. So I, I ought, we obviously have to talk about this um, because the man is just such a—he's just a sponge for just everything that's wrong with men. Uh, uh, this maybe not exactly what I meant to say there. He's—he's he's like he's—he's he's everything that's wrong with men. Maybe I'm not sure. Uh, the Donald Trump rape this, case. This
0: is what happens when to- toxic masculinity bleaches his hair. and paints exactly his orange. it. Yeah. <laughs> <or> you, yeah. <laughs> uh, for people
1: who don't know, Donald Trump has been um, involved in a rape case. Um, the alleged rape is of a woman named uh, E. Jean Carroll, who I don't – I'm not clear. I probably should have done my homework a little bit more. Did she work at, um, at, at the store or did she – She's just somebody. Do you, do you know who she? she is? Oh, she. She's accused, obviously, Donald Trump of rape. Um, back in the nineteen mid nineteen nineties. No, no, she because
0: um, it was the what they called the um. She was a, no, the she didn't work there. She was, she was attending store. a party. She was a, she was attending a party. Yeah, so it was. She was they like, were attending. Because was, okay, was like, did she work she there? No, she like, was. I can't a, be right. yeah, She was a.
1: She's like an editor or some shit. Like Something that. like that. A, anyway, she's accused okay. Donald Trump of of rape from somewhere in the nineteen nineties. You. There's the obvious question is why is she accusing Donald Trump of rape now? Good question. Fair. The simple answer for me is you can't accuse a sitting president of rape because the idea that he could pardon himself from the rape charges would is no one's really has the balls to answer this question yet. Can a sitting president pardon himself? The answer seems to be if you're conservative, absolutely. And if you're a liberal, Absolutely not. So that's that would not
0: be clear. the, the Cheney-era uh, supreme executive power. We yes. Remember. So yeah, it's,
1: every, everyone should watch Vice. Like, that's the other answer film. to that might be something like, how do you get a president into a courtroom to do this? I don't know. Mm. Now, there could be other reasons. It could be for, which I don't buy this reason, but it could be for fame. E. Jean Carroll might want some type of fame. Why you would put yourself through a lot of legal proceedings uh regarding rape and drag your own name through the mud for fame is beyond me, I don't think that's a compelling case for this, but certainly it's one that conservatives will make to say, "Oh, she just wants to be recognized as somebody in Donald Trump's orbit okay, cool I think um i the political article on this really does break this down in in ways that I you know made me really think about the rape case. Right off the bat, I want to say, I absolutely think Donald Trump is capable of rape. What do you think? Or sexual assault. Let's say he's capable of sexual assault.
0: I I think my opinion of this dude can be easily summed up in his own words. Alex, he just starts kissing them. It's like a magnet. He just kisses them. He doesn't even wait. And when you're a star, they just let you do it, Alex. You can do anything. Yep. You can grab them by the pussy. You can <laughs> do anything. That would be Donald J. Trump. That's, that's what he said. So, those are his own words. Yes. Captain yeah. Cheeto said it in his own words. So, Alex, as a guy who's uh, spoken to a lot of people in fraternities over the years, I know a date raper when I see one. And I don't mean to call them as I see them. But he admitted it in his own words.
1: Any man, we're men, somewhat. Any man who's bragged about uh, touching women or assaulting women, I, there's only two things I think. One, I believe them because I know the type of guy he is. And I know, like, you, you can just tell these men who just, um, they're that type of guy. Or they're liars. And then it's so obvious that they're liars, right? Donald Trump doesn't strike me as a liar. And I know this because it's not like he hasn't dated some insignificant number of models screwed around with the Playboy porn star. Like, his money has bought him that power, and men who have power like that, money power... Do things that they want. So if this was like the nerdy friend of yours that you went to school with who's telling you that he touched a girl's boob the other night, you're like, man, you didn't touch any boob. And it felt like a bag of sand. Yeah. yeah. This is not 40 year old virgin. Yeah. So he's, he's not bragging about assaulting a woman. He's trying to make you think he's cool because he touched a boob. And I'm telling you that you know that guy when you see him. When I see Donald Trump, this is why I say I'm totally I totally know think that he's capable of assault, is because I know that type of of dude I've, I've met them my whole life right I've been in locker rooms with good men and bad men I've been in I know at places of business or work like so you know a bad person when you see them and then by his own admission he's being bad he's telling you in his own words that he does that thing so the question is he capable of assault uh, absolutely I mean fuck I'm capable of assault you're capable of assault but it doesn't mean that I have the uh, I I've leveraged the power structures that exists currently to be able to do that a lot. Well, look, I'm doing as much assaulting as I want, and that's zero assaulting of women. Yeah, uh, clearly that's right.
0: like I have, I have all the capabilities, zero the proclivity. It's, that's exactly it. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'm getting all the assaulting in that I really want to get done. So some interesting questions posed by the political article were, is E. Jean Carroll credible? And really, we don't have any reason to believe she's not credible. She reminds me of, who's that woman who um, accused... That Supreme Court justice who cried oh, a lot. Um, honestly,
0: let's yeah, woman who accused Supreme Brad Court. Brad Kavanaugh. Justice. She accused Brad, Brad Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh. Of, of assault. Now that let's, woman again. Hold on, she, let's let's get her name. Let's get. Like, we need to say that woman's name here. Hold yeah. on.
1: Um, Christine Blasey Ford. That's it. Christine Blasey Ford. She was a. She's a physician. She's married. Has kids. There's there's no woman reason for this woman to blow her life up in a way to to shit on Brett Kavanaugh Needless, She called it too. She freaking called it too. She yeah. even
0: said like, why would I do this? It's going to uproot. It's going to turn my life totally. upside down.
1: Other than he's going to sit on the highest court in the land and he's going to do things to women that we can't allow because he did them to me. And then what did he do? Overturn Roe v. Weed. So in, in, it, she was totally right about this so she's eg Carroll is is as much as credible as christine blasio ford here there have as much credibility as by my estimation right no woman wants to tell people yeah i was assaulted and i didn't do anything about it i froze and i had my agency taken away from me and i wanted to tell everyone about it i just as a man it look it, <laughs> this is like the old saying like hey um if you woke up in the, you know, if we went camping and you woke up in the morning and you had a condom hanging out of your ass, would you tell anybody? And you're like, you know, most guys would go, fuck no. It's like, yeah, do you want to go camping? So it, it's like, you, you know, yeah. that no guy would want as, to reveal. As the joke. Yeah, yeah. That he was butt raped, right? So that, that's the thing. It holds true for everybody. No one wants to admit they had their power taken from them. So I just I I do think she's credible. Shame, honestly, shame sh- self imposed. Shame is Shame is terrible. So Read uh, anything by Brené Brown on Shame, you know. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, yeah. Or, or how for anyone anyone who's been scammed never wants to admit. Correct. This Correct. is why scams go unreported. Like yeah. this is like, when you get your. I love that you said that. You said it so well. When you get your power taken away, admitting it out loud. Is incredibly hard because yep. you feel ashamed of yourself. You think me as a person should know better. I should have done something. I can't believe I let this happen. Why? Why would? Why would? Or if you believe in a higher power, you're one of those people. You're like, why yeah. would my higher power allow such a thing to trans to transgress? Why would my higher power, if I trust in them, they should seek justice for me, right? So you, you think shame comes in like oh my god, the most amorphous friggin' uh, uh, like multi-tentacled form. It's disgusting. But ultimately, what you really should be saying is, why the hell did this person do this to me? Yeah. I yeah. am not the one at fault.
1: And this, is, and that's this the, is... Okay, that's the other part of it is that for some reason, everyone has turned their guns at Eugene Carroll for bringing this up. I don't see as many of the guns turned toward Donald Trump to say, why would he do this? Right. So I do think it's this weird victim shaming that we get into, uh, especially during rape or assault trials that it really, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard all around. Anyway. So the other thing that I, um, the political article was talking about here that I think is more is salient as well is does that access Hollywood tape that you jokingly, uh, re- uh, uh, is rehearse there for us. Uh, does that play a part in this? And it's like, well, here you have the, Candidate Trump then, president, president ass- or assaulter, in his own words, admitting that he assaults people all the time without their permission. So I I don't know. I feel like that's a massive thing. I feel like a jury, because this is going to a jury now. This has gone to the the jury's heard the evidence, and as of I think uh, last Monday or it might have been today, they are now gonna have to make a determination. Like, is Donald Trump guilty of sexual assault? Like they this is a heavy burden, to, if you ask me, to decide this because the overlay of everything Trump has done and said is makes him unreliable, untrustworthy. It makes him honestly the worst witness in the planet. So, you but, know, is this access? Is the access Hollywood tape? I guess what my question is: is it the hinge pin, or was it the straw on the Campbell's back? You know, I it's it's going to be interesting for me. So- it's a straw. Like it's just like, it is the weight of everything this dude has said about Rosie O'Donnell and, and, and just the, the way he treats women and looks at them. I, I just, this is all par for the course. It's not, it's not, it's just in addition to. So not, so not yet. So maybe, but not yet.
0: Cause there is a nuance here. So remember what I said about complex systems and how things are much more complex than we, we, we so sure. So, so, we, so our listeners know this is a civil case. Okay. Yes. She's suing for defamation. This is not a criminal case. She's not saying Donald Trump is guilty of rape. Okay. That's, don't, think about it differently. Oh, she's sorry, not, yeah, I miss her presenting yeah. the, and, the. And he's the not, yeah, and he's, he's case not, case. he's not, he's not guilty of rape for, and then thus is criminally liable and should go to prison. That's not her case, conveniently. It's actually defamation saying that he lied about her, about being a raper. And she's saying, you defamed my character when I said you're a raper. And then I said, no, you're definitely a raper. You owe me money for defaming my character. That is the case, which makes this kind of (laughs) fascinating. Because I don't know if everybody remembers 1994, uh, 1994 through 1997. Uh, let me just, uh, let me just confirm my, uh, things,
1: uh, <laughs> why, why is your voice so sorry, high? <laughs> 1994 to
0: 1995. The reason I had to go high is because I needed to prolong the me figuring this out. <laughs> I don't know if everyone remembers 1994 to 1995. I don't because I was, I was still learning two. my ABCs <laughs> and one yeah. to shit my pants. Um. But there is a famed case that can be summed up in a single line. If the glove don't fit, y'all must acquit. You must acquit, yeah. So, in that line, we have a clear understanding of the criminal defense for O.J. Simpson, who got off, was said by by a jury of his peers, you are innocent of your criminal charges. But what everybody forgets, is that OJ lost his civil case to the tune of thirty <laughs> three point five million dollars in damages that were awarded to the Brown to families yeah. of Brown of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman? So there's a the funny thing about civil cases: the burden of proof is not as high on a criminal case because you're not putting away a person, to, you're not putting them in prison. You're saying you owe these people money for X and Y Z reasons. So this is why E. Jean Carroll's case is so fascinating because she's not saying, you raper, you're going to prison. She's saying, you're a raper. And he's saying, I'm not a raper. You're a crazy bitch. And he's saying, and she's saying back, oh, you're going to say I'm a crazy bitch for you being a raper? Yeah. Defamation case, motherfucker. Sorry. I should And then she's still. Yeah. I, at the outset, the I said
1: That I was, my question of, is he capable of assault? Was so, trying to lead you but, down the path of but, if he is case, capable of it. Yeah. For a civil case, that's all you need to do is go, case, yeah, he's totally capable. He yeah. Mean, he's probably yeah.
0: capable of, of yeah, the I was doing some of the lifting he, there. He, yeah. Is, is, is he uh, maybe a raper? At least enough yeah. to be a. a he's, he defames <laughs> victims, maybe. He's definitely a victim defamer. I yeah. think that's what this case is going to prove out. Well, so I was watching some of the deposition
1: and they showed him a picture of his, his then wife, I think would, which was Marla Maples and a pitch who's in the same room as E. Jean Carroll. And he says, uh, who's, who's, uh, whoever E. Jean Carroll's husband is, who, who is this beside her, her husband? And he's like, oh, that, that's Marla. He, he mistakenly identifies E. Jean Carroll as his, as his wife by accident, because they kind of have the same hairstyle. They're white women, tall, thin, they kind of do look, uh, look, they could be sisters. Right. And, but he, he has in his deposition, um, the lawyer goes, well, I mean, is she is she your type? And he goes, no, not my type. No, just wouldn't be someone I'd ever want to touch. Uh And then he turns to the lawyer who's dep- deposing him and goes, like you, you're not my type. Like, I would never be interested in somebody like like you. So here's Donald T- Trump in his deposition telling the the female lawyer who's deposing him how ugly she is as if to give the as if to give all of the jury members credibility, he
0: was like, Look, like telling him to have sex with her, look at her, Ugh, as, she's not as, as if to,
1: to, to show you do treat women like objects, and you know, people who assault people they treat women like objects. Like, they it, it's, it, I, I'm overwhelmed by how dumb this man is, which moves me to my third point Donald Trump did not take the stand in his own defense. That is. Simply crazy to me. Alex, sometimes
0: you don't put, much like you don't put your dick in crazy, you don't put your crazy on the
1: stand. Mm. <laughs> there is. Now, that, that's a good point. I, I've thought about that too. But if you wanted to win this case, one of the most compelling things you can do, if you're E.G. Carroll's lawyer, in my opinion, I'm not a lawyer, is to put your client on the stand and have them show how honest, forthcoming, genuine, you know, and hurt by what's happened in a way that people can digest by viewing it. If you want Donald Trump to win the Oscar for I didn't do it, you got to put him on the stand and have him do that. By just simply the act of not showing up to me implies guilt. And again, I'm not Ah, a juror. I can can wax romantic all day about this, right? You can, yeah. This is the thing. If you're a juror, what in your mind does donald trump not showing up to even give time to the and wait to this case now some fans of trump will say all the all the usual things right oh this is a witch hunt blah 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 and oh he doesn't concern himself with matters he didn't even do why would he even have to go there if he didn't do it okay cool but you're trying to win a civil case for some amount of money and we all know that money is this man's kryptonite you know so it seems to me very stupid not to have him there. But I'm not a lawyer. Uh, there's clearly a, a strategy here which is Yeah.
0: The strategy is don't don't let him be cross examined because <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, anyway. I don't mean
1: to be I don't mean to point out a recent history.
0: Do you remember the Alex Murdoch trial and how he took the stand? Um You mean Alex Jones? Because he no, Alex Murdoch, who murdered his
1: wife and son. Oh, yeah, then, yeah yes, yes. yes. We talked about this he in the took, podcast, actually. Yeah, we yeah. talked about it. He took the
0: stand, Alex, and that was like, oh, yeah. oh no. Okay. On, Guilty.
1: You're, you're <laughs> clack, saying, clack, 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 clack. You're making Guilty. a case that a, a seasoned litigator and trial lawyer. Yes. Yes. Took the stand in his versus, own defense. Versus and fucked a seasoned up. liar, yeah, I would say. Yeah. the expectation of the seasoned trial lawyer would be to know the the pitfalls and the bear traps. Of Trump, a cross-examination. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I I mean I hear the case you're making, but yes. if 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 there if you wanted to look, if if you wanted to have a brand, if you're if you're not Donald Trump and your brand is I'm innocent and they're coming for you and all that stuff. You get on the stand and you show the you know your your public how much you've been wronged, right? If you're the ultimate victim, which that's the card he plays all the time, then go on the stand and play the victim. Go do I it. Think- go say witch hunt. Go say all those things. But do it in a way that's totally convincing. He's not capable of it. Let's just start there. I don't. Yeah, the, I don't see it. I don't, no. From, but I, I just thought... I, I, egene Carroll is going to win. I'm going to make a prediction right now. The jury will find... Of, um,
0: I will yep. bet you five pegged to the American dollar Canadian dollars, <laughs> which is I'll bet you three
1: beaver tails, which is equivalent to five USD. Wow. That um yeah no, I, Wait, I'm deep, saying deep fried,
0: deep fried or deep fried or actual because I could do a deep fried beaver tail. I'd funk. I'd funk with some deep fried. I just
1: read um a recipe in uh, Mike Grinella's, uh Meteor cookbook. I was I was looking at it the other day because I was going to do some. I was going to braise some uh, some venison. Um, he's got a beaver tail recipe in there that's calls for grilling it. So I'm not even sure. I think if you deep fry it, it's like, it's very fatty tissue beaver tail. I think if you fry yeah. it and then the fat with the fry oil, I just, I feel like it's like it would become something like Tough. Vaseline in your mouth. Like not good. Yeah. But the, the grilling with the char on the fat, apparently that's the way to go. So gotcha. I, I wouldn't deep I Something wouldn't think the moral of the story is don't deep fry your beaver tails, everybody. Don't deep fry um, your beaver tails. Should definitely, definitely grill. But yeah, no, I bet uh Egene Carroll is gonna win this. That would be my I think,
0: but okay, so this is why I said it's a very fascinating it's a fa the case is landmark whether you want it to be or not. Because sure. we have like the first maybe successful civil action taken against a former president ever, I yeah. think. I think that's I think that's the first well, one. Well, you
1: know, he's he's a he's a, he's a pre, former president of first, you know, first first insurrectionist, uh, first
0: insurrectionist. Know, f- um, what else? First, what the first, first smallest hands. First um, impeachment,
1: impeached twice, and you know, in his tenure, uh, first president you know, to wear a diaper here. more than he
0: wore his special underwear. You totally. know,
1: yeah. There's a lot of firsts for this dude. First guy to take but, um, all the stuff home from the office when he wasn't well, allowed yeah. to, and then <laughs> refused to give it back. Yeah. I
0: think again for, for our listeners, what will be very interesting to see is that since most, um, and th- for my for my lawyer listeners, you call me a foul, you you email me corrections as needed, but in the it, it used, let's, let's use the reverse as the OJ criminal case to the civil case for OJ, the proof for for the OJ criminal case was not good enough to cr- convict him of a criminal conviction, but it was mm-hmm. enough to convict him of a civil conviction or civil act. Yeah. Um, or sorry, civil pre- proceeding to get him to pay those families. This is a civil case that will probably act as some sort of precedent or r- reference to other civil cases against Donald sure. Trump. Yeah, which absolutely. is why he's likely doing his damnedest to say, "No, it's never happened. I dismiss it. It's uh, why would I spend my time on things that have n- like no bearing on I me?" I
1: think I think he should have gone much harder because of the precedent setting. But we'll agree to disagree on that. Alex, senility
0: strikes in the strangest of ways. And when you know your what? children Adam, that's both a defense have to that, yeah. That's a defense you, that's ima- available to them. Can you imagine right? if he yeah. just came out and said just like I'm C senile. Sorry. Yeah? I'm my totally only sexual senile. partner is, is my daughter's hands allegedly, and my yeah. sons have to evacuate my bowels <laughs> for me with oh a God. funnel and many kind words said about my hair. Like this is it would just be <sighs> have to mm, it just it, it, an admission of all of the pity we can finally give just sure. Or yeah. broken orange fat man, and then have a coliseum
1: style, well, you know, the, snowballing of, of him, the question is, might be after you know, this: is a president who was civilly convicted of a of defamation able to run for president? And my answer to that, if I'm a Republican, is absolutely they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, the more charges against them, the better, (laughs) but you know, this outlaw president, it's going to, you're going to see it outlaw president. It's not a thing. Like there's no way in hell on the opposite side. If let's say, you know, uh, Joe Biden was convicted of something like this. There's no way Republicans would want him to, they would be like throwing, they'd be throwing themselves on their swords about this. How can we allow such an injustice, you know, for a, this man who's been convicted of of defamation vis-a-vis an assault charge, um, you know, to run to be the highest, the commander in chief of the land, like you know, that you just imagine all the stupid arguments to be making right now. So,
0: I, I anyway. guarantee you, there's going to be a Texas political ad that is side by side frames: Billy the Kid, Jesse James, <laughs> Butch
1: Cassidy, <laughs> Donald Trump, Donald Trump. <laughs> outlaw president,
0: outlaw yeah! president.
1: <laughs> i would go with the good the good the bad and the ugly theme
0: song that's it
1: and he just walks up with like chops and spurs and he shoots a pudding cup and a picture of ron DeSantis's face <laughs> i have the best guns i have all the guns i have, I have the best the guns. guns we have the best guns no it'll
0: ron be DeSantis an nft that Raiders. he sells of himself it's like the trump outlaw edition I'm just like, mm, totally buy your new Trump outlaw edition for $99 USD. <laughs> Actual thing you can buy. It's not like he has one of him as a spaceman riding a <laughs> bowl or something. Um, <laughs> Space Apparently force they keep bowl. selling out. Space force bull. Yeah. Oh man. What an absolute blunderbuss of 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 like a leader on the planet. Like it's, oh, crazy. it's nuts to think. Yeah. So, and there's something I I, always—I don't think I've ever said aloud. I've just always thought the, like, the the distrust in organized government or the establishment really is best sown through, like, or best sown by those people who have a natural distrust of systems and don't want to participate in them. Right? So, like, your, you know, your your preppers your your pickers, yes. your people who are pl- doomsday planning. And there is no better incumbent leader than Donald Trump to inspire them to think that the end of the world is coming. And yet, somehow for the last like I want to say 10 years, end of world leadership l- has been displayed as like left-leaning politicians and a yeah. return to socialism. Whereas or some sort of return to communism or socialism, that's like the label. Where I'm was like, hold on a second, like if anything, that's centrist or leftist movements, they're like really doubling down on establishment, which doesn't really bode for any end-of-world scenario. It very much is like international cooperation and potentially more globalization, and ultimately the the poorer get poorer, probably. But no, like end of days. So I don't understand how the this this Donald Trump as an allegory for a reason to prep for end of days, like never really came up, never broke through because he was lauded as some sort of like newfound arbiter of justice and freedom where they're like, oh, I no longer have to prep anymore. Donald Trump's going to fix it. And I was like, wait, you you kidding me? That dude is like ready to launch nukes. That is your end of world and end of days. Yeah. Like that's the guy who is like, he's finger on the hot button. You should be prepping more. Triple your prep. Flash, yeah. Buy more guns. No, if there is an if
1: if there was an existential threat to the U.S. right now in the yeah, world, in the world, and I had to and I had to give it a name, it would be Donald Trump. Right through. I mean, tertiary means it's not like the guy literally has a nuclear weapon. I'm just saying he is an existential. Well, no, he has manifested tribalism as an existential threat in our in our in the world in a way that is. I just, I, 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 we struggle with this all the time on the podcast. Like how how do you undo, where's the reverse button here? Where's the rewind button? You know, it's very hard to undo now. Once the establishment has no trust in it, it's like, it, it, which it, again, the hypocrisy here, it's like, he was the rule of law president. He's the guy that's like, we got all the cops, the rule of law will prevail. And now the rule of law is prevailing and they're saying, the Justice Department's fake, FBI's fake, everything's fake. They're all systems of control. It's like, hold hold on. Yesterday, you <laughs> there's the rule of law, bro. Now it's tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's n- no rules. I don't. It's hard, very hard to follow. For the best thing I can recommend, is
0: that all all preppers just you know what we talked about earlier. Buy more gold. Okay. Just yeah. pray for a return to the gold standard just buy buy all the gold you can in bullion no i'm not talking on an exchange i'm saying go get gold gold. bullion yeah go get physical gold and just hoard it hoard it for as long as you possibly can also hide it near large oak trees because i hear that's a really good place for them (laughs) for people looking (laughs) for gold heads up um no i I, it's it's so it's so weird this will be
1: bullet futures then
0: Bullet future. Oh, just buy Smith and Wesson. (laughs) You you can buy. Well, you'd have to buy arms manufacturing futures. Sure. And it's like your pumpkin futures, Alex. You got to
1: sell them before Halloween.
0: Before (laughs) you got to, you got to, you got to sell your bullet futures before the war or sorry, as the war is taking off Uh, Fair. so that you can,
1: well then security firms, because I feel feel like we're moving to a place that's something like this is going to sound, this is very hyperbolic, but it's like the purge where the fear of the other will become what consumes us. We're going to be so afraid of each other. We will begin to need more security systems and we'll put bars in our windows and, you know, people will get more gun licenses, you know? So I, I think we're moving in a little bit of that direction with the type of tribalism we have, but I'm really hoping that this next uh, federal election uh, in Canada will prove to the conservatives that the fear narrative doesn't work here by not electing Pierre Polivier, but, I'm not optimistic that's going to happen, but sorry. And, let, and let's 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 really let's really you know give that
0: its full due. I'm really hoping in the next federal election that Pierre po- Paulyevra does not get elected. And unfortunately, we all agree to elect Justin <laughs> Trudeau. <again. laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's the protest vote <laughs> against
1: Pierre Paulyevra. it is. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. oh
0: look, I have to strategically vote now, and that's my right. strategic yeah. vote is for someone. I'm just like. Oh, I'd just be a better friggin' legislator.
1: Wouldn't it Why be cool if Christopher Christopher ran? Yeah, but
0: at the same time, I'm like not seeing enough from a like a minister of finance that is impressive. Oh no, like well, I'm where, thinking about
1: her versus Pierre Poeira. I'm like
0: I don't think I don't think she could take it. I think unfortunately are you Canada what? I'm telling you, man, Canada is sexist as shit. I think she mop the think, floor
1: with him. I in a debate? Yes. You're right. In she the, could come off the, as a bitch the, and people don't like that. The,
0: oh, it's not yeah. even that, man. It's like here's yeah. the here's the problem with female elected officials is that they have everything against them plus being a woman in the <laughs> in the political discourse. So it's like as a as a goofy-looking white guy drama teacher, you can just be charming and have good hair and then the uh, the opposing party just says he's not ready. As a woman, they're just like, "Oh, well, she seemed like she wasn't dressed for the occasion and like oh yeah, it's all this decide? bullshit. Like, yeah. She's gonna get all of this bullshit just like frig like and the vitriol is I going the- to be like know. tantamount to like a friggin' runway show, but then your your fat, chubby Ontario <laughs> politicians are just like, you are morbidly obese and for some reason you're making health policy. The world is turned upside down. I don't understand what is going
1: on. So you're telling me that menstrual rage is not a thing, or could it honestly? Lead to nu- it could nu- lead to nuclear war, I think. Let's be honest with ourselves Alex.
0: Here. Alex, I think the real problem is if it wasn't for period toots, the world would be ready for more period for more female politicians. Period toots ruin it. That's the oh, problem. I said, I said it on air. I said, listeners, if you don't shits know what they are, they ruin it
1: are, for everybody. Oof. They they ruin it for everybody. But for every idiot that doesn't know, period no. shits and period farts are real, man. They're a real. It thing. just
0: it. No, but honestly, it's the the friggin' like, again. I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a goofy dude, and I'm just like, man. Every time a female politician just does anything in basically North America, it's yeah. just like, what you was you have.
1: Wearing? Stupid. Yeah, you have yeah, the so most stupid.
0: shit against you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you like wear wear a suit. It was like dressed a little masculine, aren't you? Wear a skirt. It was like, I don't know if she was dressed appropriately. Like, you fucking serious? You can't fucking win. Angela Merkel should run a masterclass in saying fingers
1: up. You know, fuck you. I'm just gonna be a fucking brilliant politician. <laughs> but, like, but there's nothing for. There's not a lot to really criticize about Angela Merkel, like except
0: her friggin. Iron fisted brilliance for leading Germany <laughs> in, in, as an economy Correct. in the modern yeah. world. This is the, but this is, so this is the tragedy. No, the you, can, you
1: would never say, oh, Angela Merkel was dressed inappropriately. That would, that's never a thing. It's not available to us. We don't, we wouldn't say something like that. With somebody like Christa Freeland, who's actually still, I think, an attractive woman for her age, um, and who's, who's, well, I, yeah, I, I think she is. I think she's attractive. Um, she's so bloody smart. And she's so edgy and has the right responses. Fuck, she's given a TED talk for fuck's sakes. Like the woman's, she's a leader. I uh, and I think she should be the next prime minister of Canada. That's that's my. Sorry, point, and so she gave a TED talk pre 2011 when getting TED talks
0: was just a marketing ploy. So like this is key. She is, yeah, I I believe I think in her she's man, real deal, but yeah, I I am worried that we are a friggin. Like a no, we're just Canada is unfortunately waspy values moving at the pace of molasses. Like mm, fair. And that's just this is why the NDP wasp- will never get independent. And this is what, yeah, and yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and totally. this is why yeah. like the slow the slow turtles crawl to state decay is the fact that Canadian complacency is just Waspy values moving at the pace of molasses. And that's Canada's slow, so slow to do anything or Fair. it's a
1: monopoly. <laughs> well, so. look, um, the U S elected a brass, uh, a black president. So in that I'm jealous of them that they could move beyond skin color to vote in somebody that had, you know, a message that resonated with, with Americans. So but I hate anyway.
0: I hate to be a jackass though. I hate to be a jackass man. But he had to be the president of what? The Harvard Law Society? And Donald Trump just had to be rich and white. That's the fucking problem.
1: Yeah, okay. That okay, you know what? Go shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a, I know, right? It's, not, it's not shitty. You. It's just like every achievement is like a, know, a, a yeah. non-achievement, too. It's like yeah, Donald oh, Trump wow. bought his
1: way through school, but yet could still be president where where uh Barack Obama had to actually achieve all those things. Uh, okay, let's do housekeeping and then um, I must make a slight time.
0: You would. Um, so you can find us on at Bropium for the Masses. Listen in team, vote us at any whatever stars that you are voting us. As clearly as our listeners, we're getting all three and a half to four stars. Your favorite podcast to listen at one point seven five speed, supposedly, I, that was that was a comment from someone. So thank you. It was anonymous, but hey, I'll That's take fast. the speedy listen. That is fast. Yeah. yeah, but Alex, we talk so we enunciate so well that you Do can we? listen to us at one point seven five speed, liquid. and you get you get the gist of it. If anything, we talk slow.
1: You know, I, I once heard point. a defense of Ben Shapiro, his intelligence that he listens to podcasts at one and a half speed, and I thought. So he listens faster, makes him smart. I don't understand the defense listener. you're making here. Yeah. Oh man, that guy it's listens like, well, so fast. So he listens as fast as he talks. I don't see a problem. I don't know how this makes him any smarter, but I, I'm guilty of listening to podcasts at 1.25 speed. I don't like one and a half. I find it makes, I think people just sound really mousy. Like, like just doesn't make any sense to me. So 1.75, good for you. That is fast.
0: Yeah. So to to that listener, thank you. Because uh as I crawl through this last statement, I know <laughs> it's going right at the right speed for you. <laughs> um you can We're shoot us an email. We're, yeah, can you, we can yeah. You, you can you can listen to the podcast at uh, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, really go to anchor.fm backslash You will find us, and you will find a platform where you can listen to us at home, in the car, in the shower, on the toilet, on a outhouse toilet, in a toilet, at a place that is in your home. Honestly, for toilet Scoping listening, up against a, a tree, tree
1: taking shit, <laughs> not, <laughs> not a toilet in a bucket, <laughs> <Kind of. laughs> in, in, in a, a bucket. bucket. I don't <laughs> know, Five yeah. full of kitty kitty litter yeah. in a or, in a classroom where to my hunting shooting. friends.
0: Your your sky poos. Sky poos are a thing. I learned about those last time. To scare away the bears, I guess. Um, You can shoot us corrections and emails at masses at gmail.com. You can follow our nearly inactive Twitter account just because in silent protest of Elon Musk's anti-free speech regime, I have forgotten to tweet that often. You can check us out on Reddit, where we are giving financial advice on Personal Finance Canada that has been lauded by the Personal Finance Canada community as bad, misinformed, <laughs> clearly does not understand the rules of engagement. Yeah, it's really good. I, I highly recommend. Um, can, yeah, yeah. And, and as always, and as always, you can send us in recommendations for things you'd like us to talk about. If you'd like us to stop talking about the things that we always talk about which are oftentimes uninformed and incorrect. For that, we have a promise and a seal of approval. You are welcome. (laughs) Uh,
1: Okay. That's an Alex. (laughs) Until until next time. Until we get it wrong the next time. Actually, we we, we must talk about Piers Morgan and... King Charles apologizing <laughs> for colonialism. I'm not <laughs> laughing at colonialism. It's not funny. I'm laughing. It's not at funny. Here's Morgan's reaction, reaction to it is. <laughs> 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 I was, wa- I got to bring this up. I was watching a reaction video by this like Chinese comic where they're like playing him the most racist Chinese shit. And he's just like trying not to laugh at it. Uh, I, I'm I'm butchering this, but it was uh, you know what? Forget it. Forget what I just said. Just happened to us. It triggered my brain. And I was like, oh, this is funny. I can't explain it away. that's funny, actually. I, just, I can I, see
0: I can see the shovel that you're just digging your grave with. <laughs> <laughs> you're just working. If
1: I it the, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find the video and I'm going to play it on on the podcast. We'll get the next, show notes.
0: We'll put it in the show notes in, in we'll a couple weeks. So
1: next podcast, I'm going to play it, and it is like it's ridiculous it's the most racist shit i've ever heard oh my god that's what
0: people forget racism is something it's one of those weirdly uniting forces in in the world we all do it and we all do it to different types of people racism is maybe one of the most modern human qualities that we all share and shouldn't we focus on what unites us then (laughs) what, what is different between us alex Racism well, is a
1: shared thing. There's two types of racism I notice There's like wow, that is overtly racist and I'm offended by the way somebody's acting. And then there's like wow, you're so dumb you don't know you're being racist, so it's funny. Like there's that mm. like a good example would be our grandmother. Um so my second cousin married um a Black Canadian. I I don't know where his name's Elvis, I don't know where he's from. It doesn't matter uh or where sorry what his heritage is doesn't matter though um so i remember graham saying like oh did you hear kim uh she she got married i said yeah oh she did do it okay well why bring you bringing this up i was thinking this is fairly innocuous well she got married to a negro and i was like, Gram- <laughs> I was like <laughs> oh that's <laughs> I was like, Gram- a different just they just they just, you can just say he's black like oh, I don't think they like that. I'm like, Graham, that's <laughs> absolutely the way totally you should fine. say. He knows, he knows he's black. <laughs> like, is it? I'm like, yeah, I think you fucking need to. I, I get, no, bless her heart, right? It's like, but, yeah. so, okay, he that's is, funny. She wasn't trying to be, yeah. she's not trying to be racist. She's just said the all. wrong word and she, she thinks she's being sensitive and I thought it was cute yeah. and funny, but yeah.
0: The, and the funniest thing is probably Elvis at family reunions because he was just like, God damn it. I, so he, many it white is, people. Is, it is bright in here. He's it like, I'm bringing down the lights. <laughs> 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 that, guy, that guy had the best sense of humor showing him to the whitest family oh, totally. reunion. <laughs> totally, yeah. Oh, man.
1: Anyway. Oh, good on him. Okay, until next time. Until
0: next time. Bropium.
1: Out.